Welcome. This is Stan Lee of Marvel Comics warning you to look around you. Your classmates, your friends, you never know which one of them may be terrorist mutants who plan to destroy the human race. Mutants. I hate them. It has come to my attention that you have a mutant power. He's a mutant. A stinking mutant. Don't you remember what it was like when you first discovered you were a mutant? Hated and feared. We have a group has have been finally finding answers, but mostly being given hype for the next round of X Men comics in this past <laughs> week. <laughs> With me, as always, are Kiwi. Say hello. Hi. Janosh. Hello. And we have saved Holly. Holly, where were you? <laughs> hello. I was on Game World. <laughs> on Game World, hit, that's hit hit place. Game I heard of that. Yeah, that's what um, game I was in a vault with a bunch of Mysterium, um, and then I was freed. That's that sounds <laughs> like a reasonable way to spend your time. I guess. Yeah, Game World is like the least like menacing sounding of these like yeah, fake just places game. they have. <laughs> it's just a big casino. Just, just, gonna, just You know, it's just about like how much of the like terrible energy drinks your your body is able to handle. Because <laughs> that's the only thing they have. They don't even have alcohol. <laughs> yeah. It's just energy drinks at the game world bar. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no water, no like caffeine free choices. <laughs> The thing is, it was Gamer World, but the R on the sign went out, and they've not fixed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, but there is no news this week, right? We're in the clear on that end. There were some previews, there was a bunch but I don't of feel discourse. like we have to... Uh, oh, is there discourse? Fucking, yeah, just a couple of guys, Mark Miller and Rob Liefeld, became like cancel culture guys, or they already were, but uh, they went on really hard on it. Oh, on, X, yeah. on, on Blue? I don't fucking know where. Uh, oh, yeah, it, I think it was probably related to... It was something about how uh, nobody buys comics anymore at the comic stores physically, and they were blaming Woke on it, because they made comics Woke. <laughs> I think there was a funny bit where uh, Mark Miller like specifically went after like G. Willow Wilson and Gail Simone, and then Mark Waite posted something about, oh, by the way, I remember when Mark Miller started, he was, like, he had several ghostwriters, one of them, the pe- one of the people he, like, recently attacked, so that was funny. Oh my god, of course. <laughs> 
but yeah, uh, fuck that guy. There was a there was an interview with with Grant Morrison from a while that resurfaced where they were like, they were asked uh, if if they ever run into Mark Miller because they both live in like Scotland, mm-hmm. and uh, Morrison was like, I could run into like I I have never run into him, and if I do, I hope I do it at a hundred miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that quote. <laughs> Pretty good. That goes hard. Oh, Mark Miller's the. Uh, why does Mark Miller care about comics being bought in in physical? He's 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 raking in the Netflix money <laughs> yeah. right now, like, and has been for years. Yeah, just... like his his entire thing is making comics to be adapted into other mediums. Yeah. Like he he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he doesn't really need any money. He just like, but he's also been like cozying up with like some of the like YouTube like, um, you know, critical thinkers that were talking yeah. about comics that were always complaining about the diversifying and shit like that. But like from a rational standpoint, so they weren't, you know, they weren't sexist or homophobe. They were just asking questions. Um, <laughs> and doing of a lot of some of them were I think I think the same channel also was outraged about about the X Men Blue issue. Um, there was oh there was another discourse around that one where people were coming people were suddenly pretending to be as asshole stands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I oh, did I, see some we'll, of that. We'll, should we talk about that when we talk about X Men Blue? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we can save that. <laughs> Most of the other comics writers were just like making fun of Mark Miller, basically. Like, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Nobody like actually takes him seriously at this point. <laughs> uh, Gail Simone was part of a news gossip thing where uh, I think she was leaked or revealed to be one of the writers on a free comic book day thing. So now everyone is speculating that she's gonna be on the uh, on a Tom Brevoort X-Men um, that would not be terrible I don't know <laughs> yeah I wouldn't mind I yeah. would like to see what Gable yeah. has <laughs> to say about the X-Men I've yeah. read has other she, stuff she's like, written done much Marvel I think all, she's all a uh, she did Deadpool she was like one of the one of the big oh, yeah, Deadpool writers Deadpool. oh okay yeah. that explains why I didn't know she yeah <laughs> I think she was like one of the first ones or the first one who established the like fourth ball breaking stuff like she was definitely like one of the like you know that sounds familiar more important ones on that but yeah like she was mostly a DC person that'd be cool I, she does a good like team book of people having a bunch having like good dynamics and also she'll make like half of them canonically gay yeah uh, whoever whoever she gets her hands on i feel like so honestly from like her being on the free comic book day thing for my money it is very very likely that she's gonna be on one of the xbox i don't think she's gonna like run the main uh uncanny x-men or whatever it's gonna be because um, yeah. if if she did, they wouldn't announce it like that. They they might fuck it up. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they did the like last year. They did the thing about like they posted the new X Men, and they were like, uh, "More news on this coming November twenty three, like twenty twenty three." 
and there was no news about it. <laughs> oh yeah. And it had like the Age of Apocalypse font yeah, and yeah. everyone was like speculating like oh are we just going to do another Age of Apocalypse or is it going to be like something to do with it and no, we've, we've yeah, heard they kind nothing. of forgot revealing that. They just forgot they made that <laughs> post. <laughs> yeah, I'd expect New X Men to be like part of the like Brevort line. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there were an Uncanny X Men, a New X Men, and then an X Force, and maybe a new a new mutants. Like, that would be like my wish scenario. Like, I would I would love if there were like maximum five books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because like. What are what do we have right now? Ten? Twelve? It's too many. <laughs> it comes to, it's like two weeks from now, we're down to like three though, and it's beautiful. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm looking I mean, and then the, we're up yeah. to seven shortly after that though. Yeah, but they never line up quite as as badly as, as these ones did. Yeah. 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 Mm. So like like we, we have the like first two weeks of the new year is just like uh, the first issue of Fall, first issue of Rise, and like an issue of Wolverine, which is just like a really nice start to see what's up with these new comics and yeah, what's going on. That that looks like a dream. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's not there's not that much. Yeah, there's just uh, the double fall rise thing, there's the uh, resurrection of Magneto, and then there's dead X-Men and Cable. Like and X-Force and Wolverine yeah. are still going. And Miss Marvel, the Mutant Menace. Oh yeah, but that's gonna be yeah, like it's only not until in March. March or something. Oh, okay. And that's that that's when Ultimate like... X-Men starts as well, which is cool. Okay. Oh yeah. That'll be dope. Yeah, is Ultimate Spider-Man or Black Panther starting first? I don't remember. Uh, Spider-Man, I think it's a few weeks before that. Yeah, they're pretty close. Yes. They're both being advertised right now in the books and the physicals. Oh, I'll just about Ultimate Spider-Man. I read uh, Peach Momoko did a Star Wars Visions comic uh, mm-hmm. a week or two ago, uh, which like didn't have any dialogue. It's just all art, but it's like a very well told story with just art and uh, obviously looks incredible because her art looks incredible um, it was just cool and I was just like oh yeah okay yeah that's what the tease was like for the oh and we talked about the storm thing right like when we talked about the, the tease uh, that, that, storm, that storm? ultimate storm is being in yeah or we something. talked about that yeah Ultimate uh, Storm is also in Black Panther. Yeah, that's Ultimate what I was Black gonna Panther. say. Like they, so, they now yeah. confirmed like her to be in the Black Panther thing with like Pichuoko design. Um so we'll see. I mean I just checked uh uh freaking Uncanny Spider Man comes out on January the tenth, which is when we only have the three books, so maybe we can talk about that a little bit. because uh, 'cause I'm excited to see what direction the ultimate universe goes. Yeah, I'm very curious about it. Could be good. Could be really good. Um, or it could be cancelled after five issues. I mean, it is kind of interesting. Like, they're a little bit reset. It Like, the gang war event feels like a good opportunity to reset, like, big chunks of other parts of Marvel. But they're doing the ultimate at the same time. So it's just like... And X-Men's about to reboot-ish. 
Like, there's just all the reboots happening all at the same time, and they're releasing the this new new thing that's the same thing but different. <laughs> gang war. What, what is gang war? What is it doing? Because it's it's. Uh, so I read I'll... one gang war book. Did you read more than that, Kiwi? Yeah, and I've been following Spider Man. Where okay, it's you explain built them, up and stuff. I don't know shit. Um, <laughs> Luke, Luke Cage is the mayor now. Uh, yeah. Before that was Wilson Fisk. He outlawed uh, superheroes back then. Uh, so now uh, they superheroes can't legally happen in New York, but obviously they still are. But uh, there's been a bunch of stuff with the gangs, and now they're just like all going. It's the like gangs, a free to for clarify, all. are not real gangs. They are the, uh, like, hammerhead, like, yeah. the fake Marvel um, gangs, you know? I don't know if we need to clarify that. I think that should be... <laughs> I don't know. It's just the word, the term gang war is just so aggressive and in your face, and I'm like... That's well, the gangs of New York. The gangs yeah. of New York? Yeah, yeah, it's the little boys in their hats. <laughs> the newsies. It's, it's kind of cool when because they have like just the big map of new york that's like split up into 30 different segments for like what territory the gangs have and like it's cool to be like oh yeah there's enough different like criminal gangs in marvel to actually have all of these and have them be somewhat like uh distinct and like have some interesting factor going on with them um but yeah they're they're just a big there's like um people behind the scenes have been like killing the leaders of gangs to like create power vacuums and then there's just a bunch of people fighting over all the territories and um Luke Cage has to convince everyone that uh they should make superheroes legal again so that the superheroes can fix it and also Spider-Man's got like a posse together and he's going around trying to sort shit out and like stop the gang more that way as well it's a bit batman arkham city Um, yeah it's very arkham city yeah um i read the daredevil one where she she figures out all the gang leaders are in on it together maybe okay that doesn't really add up with (laughs) what else has happened so i think there's something else going on um probably i love crossover events (laughs) (laughs) i mean i only read the one book and didn't have any of the other context so Uh i could have just been misunderstanding what was going on great idea but there was just a big page of all of the gang leaders where it said they're all in on it so Well, they, okay. they do keep having big meetings where they, they all get together and they're like, I'm going to take over this person's territory because they're dead. And then someone else goes, no, and then they just like leave and have a big fight Uh-oh. outside. <laughs> but like they have their, you know, neutral territory meetings that they do. Yeah, this this gang war event is very much like, OK, this is this, this is a corner of Marvel continuity that I'm just not going to pay attention to. <laughs> it's just too much. I mean, same, I, I currently it's the same with me with gods. Like until it starts becoming yeah. like important, or people are saying this is must read comics, I'll catch up on it. But uh, currently, it doesn't feel like this is a corner of the universe that is like really vital to pay attention to. So 
Yeah, I think doing like an event for like the street level heroes is very interesting, but at the same time, it's not pulling me in as much as I'd like. So. Yeah, there's yeah. gonna be an Avengers and Moon Knight versus way. Vampires event. So. With Pepper as art, <laughs> let's talk about yeah. this comment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Fuck. <laughs> yeah, nobody um, is like burning to talk about the, the the thrilling conclusions of Alpha Flight, Realm of X, uh Ms. Myra and Dark X-Men. Do we want to start with Realm of X because I think that's going to be the shortest. Yeah, cuz that'll be quick. Um I will read the the, the summary. Do we want the, to read the them or do we just want to do it like last time or we just I think we can do it like last time for for Realm and Miss Marvel yeah. and Alpha Flight and Dark, yeah. I mean you you might as well read the Realm of X summary cuz it's two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I, we should at is... least say the artists and writers too of the books. Yeah. Uh Realm of X issue 4. Torin Grombeck is the writer, Diogenes Neves and Raphael Pimentel are on art, and Rain Barreto is on colour. The battle rages until Curse uses her power to give the magic of Anaheim to magic. She uses that magic to fix every single thing in the realm, apart from one guy who died. Yeah, which is like the, the part that I feel is... I, I don't get why that toy, Typhoid Mary, like, had a boyfriend for a bit. It feels weird with, yeah. like, the Kingpin stuff that's been going on. That's exactly, like, my main note, is that, like, one, I don't care about this beefy dude, and two, isn't she married to Kingpin? Yeah, Which it's just... she is. Like, I don't... I... What's she it's... doing? <laughs> I, I I don't know and I don't like it. it's just I know he's dead and she's kind of sad about it and that's like I feel like it'll never come up again like <laughs> it's really weird you're not gonna believe this I did not read this issue so you didn't know that Thor showed up and was about to save the day <laughs> before Curse did it for him? I saw it now. I just opened it up uh, on uh, on my tablet. And I was like, okay, sure. This um, I Realm of X hasn't been the best of these series. Uh, I think that's was, fair to say. I think this was a not great issue, even within Realm of X. It didn't feel... Nothing that happened felt satisfying to me, ultimately. And when then it dust ends with magic, broke out like, of the jar, I was like, okay, we're on to something, right? Not to interrupt you, sorry. But then we go to, like... But, like, the stuff with Thor, I almost put it down. I was like, we... <laughs> we don't... We don't... I love... I like Thor. I like, like... I'm really digging Immortal Thor. I would be excited for him to show up, but he sh- he, it's the end of the Supergirl movie where Superman shows up and saves the day. Well, like, but that did sucks. you know that uh, <laughs> Thorin Grunbeck was writing Thor before? So this is her signature character. I I feel like you can't. You don't oh, get no, to I did pull not that. Know that. Mo- I don't think you get to pull that move if like the person who's writing it currently is like way more famous and successful. I, yeah, it, it kind of 
feels like she's she's she has a bit of a niche like it's like being the scandinavian writer yeah and having the like connection there but yeah i just it's not great it's really just like chris just gives the magic to magic and then magic just fixes everything and it's like that sounds great yeah and now, and now we're gonna head back to Earth and have some more adventures. It's, this this yeah. is a recurring thing across all of these finales, but it's the amount that it's just like okay, and now we're ready to head back and like do the fight with Orcus. It's very um, when I read Age of Apocalypse as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of different miniseries that make up Age of Apocalypse, and half of them end with just, okay, and now we're going to go join the fight against Apocalypse that's going to happen in the main book and is a big deal. And that's what's happening here as well, is just everything ends with, okay, now we're going to go be in a, a, a book that matters again. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking great when all our favorite teams uh, are pulling together to punch Dr. Stasis in the head. Mm-hmm. Holly, what was your point? Because we didn't get back to it after I interrupted you. Sorry about oh, that no, again. No, point, I, I didn't really have a point on, oh, okay. on Realm of X. Uh, it's uh, like my 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 current point is is more that like as as Kiwi said, this is a this this is a thing that like crossover event tie in books, which loosely these are like really suffer from having the end sort of be and now we're going to go join the main event again um uh because it's it's uh it's not particularly satisfying it's kind of deflating yeah like this book didn't matter go read the one that does (laughs) yeah you did get four really sick covers out of it Though, so. Yeah, there were some good colors. Yeah, that's. It's just, it's just a weird way for Marvel to do business. I guess is that we're just gonna bank on our covers looking cool and having a bunch of variant covers. Yeah, and they're all gonna be like five issue series, or if it's like five issues with maybe we'll renew them, but like Avengers Inc. got cancelled. Like, you can. You can be LUing and still <laughs> not be assured to make your book like as long as you like want to make them. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, it just doesn't I don't know. Like it is it it doesn't feel like they trust the creatives enough to give them longer series. And so they put them in this constant like event cycle where you're having like two events a year for each corner of marvel you know so it's like fucking 15 events a year plus the big one that includes everybody i don't know i'm conflating it there's 350 events a year yeah um (laughs) every issue of every comic is an event to me that's that's how much i care um yeah i feel like from this from this, like you know, from the start of Realm of X, uh, 
I think Nick has been saying, uh, but it's really shaping up to something. Like, this one wasn't that crazy. Yeah, I, I was trying to give it the benefit <laughs> of the doubt, you know? Like, I don't know. I don't want to, like, come out the gate on issue one and be like, this book sucks. But this book kind of sucked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Miss Grownback. Um, speaking of uh, uh, creative teams being given a short run of issues and then a break, and then another one. Miss um, Marvel, the new Mutant 4, soon in March to be a new miniseries, Miss Marvel, the new Mutant Menace. Oh, before we move on, though, I do want to say that it was oh, funny to way. me when, it was funny when Curse called Thor an NPC. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to acknowledge that. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Miss Marvel the New Mutant finale. Um which was written by Amon Valani and oh no, the anonymous thing is covering it. <laughs> written by Amon Valani and Sabir Prazada, art by Carlos Gomez and Adam Gorham and colors by Eric Arcienaga. Yeah, it's it's a fun conclusion to a series that is is fun that I've liked. Yeah. Uh, she Marvel she was blew fun. up the cool it's... big robot. She did a good job. She yeah. punched the and Iron Man Sentinel with, with some teamwork and some science. Yeah, some Goonies and, vibes um, in there. Uh, it 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 covers the characters which have been involved with the story. Bruno gets something to do anonymous science people get something to do a mega sentinel get something to do the 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 other villain woman who i've forgotten the name of gets something nikita um, yeah she's yeah. gonna be back in the um, next one yeah so. and it 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 really feels like um uh, the the first four issues of a longer series which inexplicably is going to be continued it's in gonna be another, another miniseries <laughs> it's going to be another miniseries rather than like because this is a to this reads so much like the beginning of like a new arc of spider-man or something to yeah see. it's the it's end like, of the first arc like, of think, the, the series yeah i mean miss marvel the new mutant was fun but yeah i think i would really like this series if it were an ongoing because then it's like for an ongoing, I don't want, like, high stakes in every issue. I don't want everything to, like, lead to something, right? Uh, so exactly. So if, if they had, like, renewed it for an ongoing, I'd be like, yeah, let's go. I, uh, I keep reading this shit. But, like... They, I just, that's what I like, want. I just want fucking ongoings, please. Waiting, <laughs> like, three or four months and then getting another mini. Like, I don't know if it's because Iman Valani is, like, not available between acting gigs or whatever. Uh, yeah. to commit to an ongoing or if they have someone lined up for an ongoing after that, like after the uh, Krakow end I think it might also to... have to do with like Miss Marvel's um, like her, she's gonna be a big part of the either the Fall or the Rise series and so I think they they might not think there's space for that I story think... yet I think okay. she's definitely in. She might be in both of them. Because I yeah, so I'd she say, might I'd just say be, she is. It might just literally not make sense for the story for her to have her own series for a little bit. 
Which would be fine, yeah. but just like keep calling it Miss Marvel, the new mutant, for a little bit, you know, just, and then take a break. Iron Man is in the yeah. Avengers main series, and he still has his other story like tied up in the, uh, in the Fall of X, and uh, Captain Marvel has her solo, which really doesn't like. It's been really fun, the first two issues of the Captain Marvel solo, but I have no idea how it fits in with the Avengers continuity, because she's the leader of the Avengers. She's really tied up in that. Like, I don't know how she finds time to... To have another person who's, like, (laughs) mind-melded with her, basically. Um, But, yeah. Maybe I I should do that. (laughs) It's very fun. Um, uh, But... Yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, it's, it's so weird to do it like this, but it's also, this is typical Marvel bullshit, so at, at some point I'm kind of inoculated against it, um, but, like, yeah, I just would like it to keep going, and when it does come back, I'll be happy to see it, um. I was more skeptical than I let on about this series when it started because a child is being allowed to write it. Um, <laughs> and, like, no shit, she's like child, twenty she's, or something, right? Oh, she's twenty. It. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. But... If I see someone playing a child in a TV show, I don't look up how old they are. I just assume they're a child until proven otherwise. Even like the fucking Riverdale cast. She's I'm like, 20. I don't want to. I don't want to be thinking about high schoolers. You know, I hate high schoolers. <laughs> Okay, but well, I mean, also co-written, but with a TV writer, which is like a little bit of a question mark as well. And yeah, they've, they've both been. I mean, great. I guess so yeah, she was it's striking, a great... so she needed. A oh yeah, that's game. true. <laughs> <laughs> they both were, and now they're back to work, probably. Yay! Um, yeah. They did kick the football of the of revealing what Miss Marvel's mutant power is to the next to the next uh, mini. Yeah, and I I like that there there's been this like Miss Marvel reaffirming. Uh, I don't really care that much about the power. I'm happy with like my inhuman powers. Um, and like obviously she will eventually get a mutant power and. We'll find out what the deal is, but I do like it as just potential and as, um, yeah, like I said, something that's just not that important to her. Um, yeah, it would be a great hook for an ongoing. <laughs> this, yeah, that would, I, that would that's a great idea, Janos. Someone at Marvel should talk to you about I that one. To, I, I don't know. I don't hate to do console wars on this. It's just. Really astonishing how much more DC has their shit together currently. Like, you know, not only had the, do they have like a woman CEO con- compared to or editor in chief compared to a like race faking like yellow face one <laughs> at Marvel, but like you know, DC has like really started a new shit. It's stabilized. It you know they they had a bunch of like the uh, the Poison Ivy series started out as a mini and it is now an ongoing. Like they. And they gave, like, a bunch of creators. They gave Paul Dano a uh, Riddler, like, book on Black Label. That's very funny. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's just and then Marvel just does like 50,000 minis yeah and doesn't follow up with them and changes the number of issues they get seemingly arbitrarily yeah yeah I imagine all of that's like scheduling shit with like artists and writers and printing presses but uh like how are are we to know just like don't tell us and if you have ongoings you don't have to worry about that you can just maybe have a delay every once in a while there there are just like a subset of marvel characters that are in the mini realm and will never like spider gwen will never have a series that goes more than five issues now she just goes mini 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 uh, Miss yeah. Marvel was in the same place. He's Miles still Morales in the same place. is a very similar deal. I guess he has Which like an ongoing. No, Miles, Miles has had he an ongoing. He broke through, yeah. but he was like when he started out, he was in a similar spot, right? I don't know. I'm no, trying he, to think about comic stuff from when I was like fucking ongoing. 14, so I should shut up. <laughs> but like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, those sort of characters are also in just like they show up in other people's comics, they have occasional minis, and they don't they'll never sort of break out of that, it feels like, because they'll never give them the chance to have something ongoing that actually gives them, like, the leeway to to do cool stuff and break them out of the sort of rut they're in. It's just crazy that they um, do that when, like, Gwen, like, Spider-Gwen has been, like, a breakout character in two very successful movies. Uh, freaking Miss Marvel is, like... The most successful, like, new introduction. New comics character of the last decade, basically. Yeah. And she's being, like, even with, like, the Marvels, like, I just Googled Iman Velani, and it's like the new stories are all about how, you know, the Marvels flopped financially, but everyone loves Iman Velani in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's great. She's the best part of that movie. Yeah. Um, like, there's, there's fucking more people who know like these characters then like who has ongoings currently uh fucking white widow um white widow has a series currently yeah red goblin or (laughs) whatever i thought that one might have ended is that an ongoing um it was was. going on for a while i got at least like 20 issues i think no i I think it's i think it had about 10 i think it might be done now but well, there was like, um, and Gold Goblin was going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. That that was a mini, but it was also dumb. Oh, did Carnage get an ongoing? Like that's yeah. Carnage, Carnage has had an ongoing for. <laughs> I I mean, symbiotes are quite popular, apparently. Um, yeah, the the X Men spinoff, X Men spinoffs, Spider Man, Spider Man adjacent stuff tends to. Uh, Unless it's Spider Gwen or Silk, because they're girls. Mm. kind of feels like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah that was the other thing i was gonna say like it's interesting like which types of gr- groups are represented in the uh in this mini circuit like it's the tough white yeah. dudes that broke out in the 90s a lot of the time still it's like venom like okay tom hardy all right yeah it's just a is Spider Boy an Whatever. ongoing or is it a mini series? Spider Boy just started. It's only got two issues. I have no clue. I think it's just going to be it's a mini Dan series. It's Dan Slott who like wrote like a bunch of really long Spider Man <laughs> runs. So I he he wants it to be an ongoing. Who knows if it actually will be? 
Don't make it an ongoing. <laughs> G- give that slot to Miss Marvel. Alpha give that flight. slot. Speak. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> like they, it's it's fucking American Idol out here <laughs> for for comic book characters. That's like one of the things that people on the for like on the on the internet are threatening everyone with is that Dan Slot is good buddies with Tom Brevoort. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Dan Slot wants to write anything that isn't Spider-Man. Yeah. Or yeah. Spider-Man adjacent. Like, that's, like, what he's done he, for, like, ages now, right? Maybe he wants to... Well, he had to... Fantastic Four for, like, a few years. Um, yeah, and he fucked up Franklin he's... in some way, who discussed in a previous episode. And now he's, he's like... Just coming back for more Spider-Man. I mean, if if, if you can write Spider-Man, would you say no? No. <laughs> Anyways, Alpha Flight number five, written by Ed Brisson, art by Scott Godlewski, and colors by Matt Miller. Um, I like this issue. I did not. <laughs> They, I okay. Actually, let me rephrase. <laughs> I like parts of this issue. <laughs> um, I do. I like that in the final, in the final issue of the mini, they up the stakes by killing a child. Um, yeah, always good. Like, it's it's you know, it 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 is upping the stakes for the final issue. Yeah, I've the been pooing these box sentinels. Uh, but uh, what if they kill the child? Did you notice <laughs> how so in this issue, anymore. like, they're definitely drawn to be scaled up, like, almost all of the times they're drawn, um, yeah. so that they're more intimidating? Like, not full giants, but, like, subtly. They're they're bigger yeah. than they were. They're, like, <laughs> shot from below that they appear bigger. Yeah, yeah. Get up angles as well. They've, uh, they, they've, they've done a little bit. This does address a little some of the box sentinel issue through the art and through having them like kill a kid well and having Um, the character of box kind of reveal that he's been holding back with them a little bit because he is like he's not the other woman at department h who's like wants everyone dead that's different (laughs) yeah The, the thing is they like raise the stakes and then they end it with Okay, and we saved a grand total of 20 people. <laughs> and it just feels like nothing See, I, to me. I think that I, that I, could uh, be something, but like the way they went about it, I think, was, was kind of shit. I, I think the thing of, like, everyone matters, you know, we, we've saved 20 people, that's, that's priceless, even if it is, like, only 20 people, it can be a thing that I, I can really get behind. Um, but as it is on the page, it just feels like we we scoured all of Canada. We found twenty people, and we like committed a massive amount of resources and time to like sending them off to be bored on an alien planet, and that's kind of it. It just doesn't hit for me. Yeah, I like I I think it's like a fine it's it's an all right issue, but it's just that. Again, a really deflating ending of, um, all right, they're they're just they're off there now, and then the mutant half of Alpha Flight can come come down to America and do do Fall of X stuff. 
my other thoughts on this were there's a point in the issue where Guardian says that they didn't think they'd take it this far, which is wild. <laughs> I mean, I believe it from Guardian. I don't believe it from other people on his team, but I believe it from him. Yeah, and I think he that, thinks everyone fair. on his team thinks the same way he does, you know? Yeah, yeah. because uh, because Canadians are so nice and polite. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, he's just a bootlicker at the end of the day no matter what he can't help himself yeah it's uh it's fun to see oh i've completely forgotten his name doc samson it's fun to see doc samson he's there for uh, for two panels um yeah he gets to bring in uh heather's daughter who then they take into a room and tell her tell him her mom is in a coma and she's been kidnapped (laughs) it's the softest fridging i've ever seen in a comic to ever happen (laughs) (laughs) the least committal fridging ed brisson has committed yeah, I mean, fucking... she'll just be back whenever they want her back, and it'll just X-Force be like, oh yeah, she's just gonna got better. Rescue her. This, this comic has the. I mean, this is the only thing I want to talk about regards, yes, in regards the, to this the... issue is that it has my absolute favorite, like, follow the fall page. Uh, it's just such a perfect sentence. It says, follow the fall, see which alpha flighters return in X Force number 47. <laughs> Could you make Ooh. it any more appealing? <laughs> like, it, it's really, it is really like, don't worry, um, the twins and Fang are gonna be in a different book. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if maybe the Wolverine will show up in an X Force book. <laughs> I think that might possibly happen. It would be really, really funny if it was just Fang. If it was, if no, there no other be. alpha flyers. I mean, they did say it's plural. It's plural. But yeah, it, it would be plural. hilarious. Mm-hmm. I I think it would be also funny if it's just like just Polaris and not North Star. Like he doesn't get invited to the party. <laughs> like Polaris, Fang, no North. Star. I could. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, think maybe there Ga- is like Guardian a- and Wolverine are technically buddies, right? And he knew he and Heather, so I feel like he would probably. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if like some of these guys make a cameo and like there's Wolverine reacting to Heather, Heather being in a coma because like the three of them used to be in a throuple. Um, yeah, like that makes sense a little well, bit. Well, it's a shame there's not like another five issues of uh wolverine just fucking around don't worry about it (laughs) because then you could have like a solo trip with like every member of alpha flight (laughs) okay but he would be able to use he would squish puck and uses oh my god powers this is my my last complaint about this book is there are multiple times throughout this 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 specific comic where puck is is pressed down Mm-hmm. And he does not compact in any way like rubber. <laughs> he doesn't bounce yeah, around. There's no release. There's only the there's squish. No, he's just a guy. And why Why have him be made of rubber at all? Why was he big and made small if you're just going to have him put underfoot some, of someone? You, make him squish at least a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Ed, Ed Brisson doesn't care about Puck. I mean... <laughs> I, it, I mean, it doesn't feel know like he cares about any of, of these alpha. characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I, 
the interesting story in this is book is like Laurent and Feedback. Those are the two most interesting characters in this story. And they have the littlest bit of time and they should have been like a lot of almost the entire story. It's like Feedback like doing that weird clone shit. Why was that a data page? Why didn't they draw that? Why didn't they draw that? That's way more interesting than almost anything that has happened in this series. Um, and then, like, Laurent being this, like, reluctant soldier in this war he didn't want to fight is really interesting. But all that happens with him in this story is, like, aside from this finale he gets, is it's him complaining to Kyle the whole time. He's complaining to, like, the, the HR department of Alpha Flight. <laughs> so it's, I don't know, I just, I, I wanted to talk about this book a little more just because I, I think there are things that are interesting in here. It's just, they, they're not put out in the, in the way that yeah. exemplifies the story as much as I want, would want to hear. Where, like, a, a book like Miss Marvel is really good, but in a way that's not super complicated and at least to me, there's not a lot of deep thoughts I'm having about the story. This one is bringing me to those places, but it's not, it's, it's not doing it well, I think. It's just trying like to hit engaging. all the superhero yeah. beats as yeah, you hit to me, the superhero this, beats. This book is like, yeah, at no point right. is it like actively bad, except that I just constantly don't care. Like, it's just... I mean, they had a fight outside of an IHOP, and they did nothing with it. Like, <laughs> that is that is potentially the most boring thing, and it was, but it's also, like, a funny concept yeah. to have your characters... So, like, make it funny. Like, Dark X-Men is, like, funny some of the times, even in its, in its business, like... Just yeah, bring it, bring um... it across the finish line for me a little bit. Don't, don't phone it in, Alpha Flight. Because Alpha Flight feels very scaled down compared to like a lot of the other stuff, and it's clearly like playing in different space, but it doesn't feel like it's playing around with it much at all. Like, yeah, yeah, it has its own corner. It feels like there's a lot more room to spread its wings. Yeah, we we don't get focus very much on Argent's like plight or feedbacks, weird clone stuff, or. Puck being able to be squished, like <laughs> it doesn't seem to focus on anything too distinctive for any of it, um, uh, which is unfortunate because, like Yana says, it's just um, I'm I'm met with the feeling of just not really caring what happens in Alpha Flight. Yeah. Um, like I will we'll move on to. Just, just oh. after this, after reading this, like, it's just, because at least we know about Puck that he was large and was, like, squished down, right? Like, because we did some external research, but, like, if, like, two weeks from now, someone on the street, like, asks me what, what I can tell about Snowbird or Shaman, like, I, j I just have no clue who these people are. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I the art was stellar in this issue, though. It, it, the art was really good. That's yeah, the art yeah. is good. Yeah, consistently good art. Yeah, yeah. which is nice. Aside but, from yeah. the one funny cover with Fang's taint on it, <laughs> that was also good. <laughs> it's good in its own way. 
it's gonna be so funny. Yano turns like... to the side, and there's a frame photo of Fang's taint on his wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a, I have like uh, art of Lemonua Miranda's mouth, like on my other. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what a jump scare! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It took up the whole frame. I want people to know that when Janos put it on screen. <laughs> so yeah, if anyone wants to send me fan art of Fang's taint, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to Dark X-Men. Yeah, uh, Dark Echoment 5, written by Steve Fox, art by Jonas Scharf, and colors by Frank Martin. Um, I, I, I just, I, I wrote a short one for this, but just, Maddie defeats the Goblin Queen with help from Carmen, Azazel dies, Emplate leaves, and Carmen and Gambit join the main X-Men squad in the Morlock Tunnels. Um, I think Dark X-Men has been my favorite of the, like, not, not the, three really good minis, you know? <laughs> it's like, there's Spider-Man, uh, Jean Grey, and Children of the Vault, and then it's like... And then it's Dark X-Men. Dark X-Men, <laughs> and then everything the, else. The best of the mid, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think it, it's just consistently pretty fun, and like... Well, and Steve uh, Fox is like, a newer writer when it comes to comics, too, right? Like, he's only done a few things. So... Like him, him doing this, this still very fun and and dope book shows like he's gonna make a lot of dope shit. Yeah, apparently he has written over eighty comics. It says on his website. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't know, Chris Claremont's written like a billion comics. That's so what's eighty's not that many. <laughs> I'm just saying what he says on. He says he's an Eisner and Ringo Award nominated author. Of over 80 comics and children's books, including Dark X-Men, X-Men 92, All Eight Eyes, Rainbow Bridge, Party and Prey, Adventure Kingdom, Marvel's Voices, Pride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just written for like, a bunch of web stuff, I guess, and like, spin-off stuff. Yeah, yeah web and spin-off stuff mostly, it seems. Yeah, because a lot of the, the one you that he did the most of was the cartoon one, right? X-Men yeah, X-Men 92. 92. Oh yeah, that is Which yeah, is pretty fun also. Um, yeah, I've heard good things about that. I enjoyed book. that. Yeah. But that one just picks up where the cartoon left off, so. But it does the it does Krakoa in the cartoon. Oh continuity. really? That's dope. Yeah, it's, oh, it's I'm gonna fun. read that. <laughs> and it's like instead of Moira, it's uh Jubilee is the like the core person. Um I just it just does a bunch of fun stuff, which like I, I have not like I've only seen a bit of the cartoon, but I still had like a really good time with that, uh, like the way they they were using the cartoon continuity and stuff there, and just making a bunch of '90s jokes because it was like, it's, it's it's Krakoa but set in the '90s kind of as well. One thing I did not know about him is uh, Steve Fox is that he's the editor on like all of uh, James Tynion's creator-owned stuff. Oh, cool. Like, uh, editor on World Tree, The Deviant, The Department of Truth. So, you know, I guess they're pals. Related to what Kiwi said about this being, like, sort of, like, the, 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 t- the, the best of the, the middle of these 
um, miniseries is that Dark X-Men really feels like it, it, it has its little niche and it uses it to its fullest effect. Um, like, it, it's, it's sort of like the, the, the kind of weird, edgy X-Men book and it uses that for comedy, for like grossness, for fun art stuff and like it really plays with the space that it's in in a way that like it feels like Alpha Flight specifically because that's what we just talked about like doesn't like we we get Zero being like a weird freak and like gooping robots and people into his like fleshy body um and we get like Azazel just being a devil and um like Maddie being very proud that someone is being uh like shallow and manipulative towards her <laughs> and Havoc being a wife guy like it really plays to what it's doing even when what it's doing can be like just pretty one note at times um and it doesn't it like it, it uses it to the fullest effect, I feel. I mean, this... Like, uh, it I mean, plays we, its one We note. said this when we talked about the last, like, issue of this, which we also just, like, skimmed past, but uh, we did point out how good that, like, one page of, like, Gambit and Rogue hanging out, and then in, in this one, there's also just one panel of them, and, like, Steve Fox manages to make their relationship, like, hot and, you know, passionate, and, like, you know, them being into each other in a way that, like, you'd barely ever see in Krakoa. And, like, in this one, it's, <laughs> I think, literally just one panel. And it's just got so much more character to it than anything they did in, like, Rogue and Gambit or, like, Excalibur. It's so fucking funny to have this come out the week after X-Men Blue yeah. and just go, <laughs> Azazel just gets ripped in half. As um, if the Az- Azazel stands... On hadn't uh suffered enough, <laughs> suffered enough. <laughs> some of the uh, azazel stance i saw were like well he's not actually dead because he's been kicked out of every afterlife so he can't <laughs> yeah i mean if anyone ever wants mm-hmm. if there's ever gonna be another comics creator who wants to use azazel for whatever book they're doing, I'm sure they're gonna find a way. Like, yeah, it'll it'll work, he's but as I dead doubt we'll as see it someone for a very in a long comic time. Be. <laughs> yep, uh, which is not at all. My checkmate atheist though is that like Krakoa made an afterlife. He can go to that one. <laughs> I don't know if he can. Yeah. <laughs> they well, they'll be writing up the the paperwork to ban him from that one real quick. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> That's what but the yeah, Scarlet I mean, if, Witch and Quicksilver series is about, is just them doing paperwork in the... I, I, I honestly think that all the like, self-proclaimed like, Azazel stands like, weren't even aware of this series. Yeah, no. Yeah. No one gave a shit about it until X-Men Blue. No one gave a... No one will, yeah. Or gave a shit about Azazel, to be yeah, clear. That's, <laughs> that's what uh, I mean by it. <laughs> I listened to uh, Sizeperia being on, like... He guested on a podcast like the week after that, um, and the host was like, "Yeah, I, I, I just now found out that there are Azazel stands." And he's also like, "No, <laughs> they're not." 
I think when I was like 12 and reading the Marvel wiki, I thought Azazel sounded really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, but then um, you watch the movie he's in and you're like, ah, oh, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's the only ones I, uh, I have perceived. That's the worst X-Men is... movie, too. What's that, First Class? Yeah, it's not actually because the Wolverine Origins exists. And, <laughs> uh, also, yeah. the Wolverine, which is pretty bad. Oh my god, I... It is, See, I but it's seen. I, I, I like how dumb it is. It's a closer adaptation to the miniseries. I have mm. seen X-Men First Class, and apparently I don't remember it at all, because I just looked up what Azazel looks in it, and it's extremely funny. He's only <laughs> I, in it for I don't like know if he has like any two lines. minutes max, yeah. He's he just, just like a up, background like, character to make Kevin Bacon look like more of a badass. There was is like Kevin Bacon's Sebastian he's Shaw. Shaw he's Sebastian Shaw, yeah. He is. And the way they show his power I think looks pretty cool, but yeah. There was like one person on Twitter who was like everyone who you know, was positive about the Blue Origins book, just posted a picture, like a fan art of the movie, like the the movie design of Mystique, right? Like that shitty, I really dislike the movie design of her. Oh yeah, the like um, scale skin that she yeah, has. Yeah, and they just posted the fan art of like her and Azazel and like a baby night crawling, like a wholesome family <laughs> picture. Like this is what they took from us. And like, my dude, this was never gonna be Azazel's character. That actually is like disgusting to me. Nuc- nuclear family, Azazel, Nightcrawler, Mystique. Like, how far can the point go over your t- your head at that point? Oh, there's like layers to that. Like, I I can't believe someone would hold that as a true opinion. This this person was was just <laughs> trolling. Yeah, it's like some quartering <laughs> wannabe. Yeah, um, there are no Azazel fans. No, no one, no one gives shit about Azazel. No, um, there's more no, Puck no fans than Azazel if, fans because there's four yeah. of them here. If if, they, <laughs> if there are no Puck fans, we are all dead. If there are no Azazel fans, we're actually there aren't. We're thriving. So. <laughs> Because like the, the the my like I mean, the, the, this theory doesn't need more evidence. Like there are no Azazel stands, but like throughout the Krakoa era, I've seen like when Twitter still existed as a usable website for people talking about comics. Every single like one panel mutant character has been like shouted out by someone being like, oh. Why didn't you give, you, you know, this kid with bug wings from <laughs> panel three of the Wolverine miniseries? Uh, we haven't seen him on Krakoa yet. Can we get him busting out of an egg doing something? And, like, no one has said shit about Azazel. <laughs> thing is, well, <clears throat> I actually like his role in this mini and, like, yeah, I actually, him just being a little very satisfying, dude. him dying, and the whole yeah. thing coming together. It, it makes his story being Nightcrawler's, like, false father, like, more interesting. I mean, I liked him. Yeah, that's, like, when we talk about Blue, it's also, like, it's not character assassination of Azazel because it, like, actually gives him character. <laughs> like, 
you know? Yeah, it makes it way actually more makes interesting. him more of a threat <laughs> yeah. because they had to do this thing. You will get to it, but you know, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it makes Azazel's character significantly more interesting than it was, and yeah. Um, in this one, I like. Uh, it's a very specific moment within uh, uh, Dark X Men. I really like that Azazel goes up to the uh, evil Orcus magician person and is like, oh, you sold your soul to a devil? Well, unfortunately for you, like, all hells have hierarchies and I'm more important. <laughs> and yeah. then just teleports her into a wall. Yeah. Those two get owned so bad, it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The zero page right before it, too, like, Holly talked about it a little bit, but the, like, little girl robot's been turned into a gun by the Morbius ripoff character, and, um, like, right as he's about to shoot, Zero just absorbs her into his flesh and, like, becomes, like, Chimera, or, like, a, a Cerberus Wolverine cyborg hybrid it's so fucking cool and so gross looking and i love it <laughs> it's yeah, yeah there's a lot of just really good gross stuff like when the like goblin queen is ripping off her horns so that yeah. she can put the thing on the crown <laughs> on it's just like why why do the horns have so much blood in them i don't think that's how horns work um but it's sick the 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 like the the kind of grossness is really good in this. Yeah, I like that. Like havoc. Like even throughout. Like it ends on him still being buried on Darionified. Like just barely having any life in him. I don't know if like Fox is gonna follow this up on that on Dead X Men or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like that Carmen Faint gets to join the real X Men. Um, that's that's yeah. fun. That's nice. Uh, well, and she's the linchpin for... that solves the whole the whole book. Like her, yeah, it's appealing great. to Maddie's humanity. Like her character ends up being integrated really well into the story, and it it fucking rules. I, I feel like at overall, like as well, this ends with like okay, and plate broke out from Azazel. He's off doing his own thing. Like Zero is still in. The, the limbo embassy but there's like it's interesting that he's there like seeing gambit and carmen go off to the real x-men and like having maddie sort of declare or you know it it, it feels like a a solid ending and also like leaves good space for these characters to go do other stuff as well in a way that's uh doesn't always happen <laughs> with these minis and is nice yeah the the characters have moved from where they started, and they're in a new and interesting place. The difference between this and like an Alpha Flight is this story is character focused at its heart. Like it, this wouldn't work if we weren't following this ragtag group of weirdos. And Alpha Flight was not focused on any of its characters; it was mostly focused on its reveals and it's you gotta you gotta elevate the character first and like that's the storytelling i like at the very least maybe there are people out there that are like so deeply m night Shyamalan pilled that they can just follow twist after twist after twist and it can carry them through but like 
even he's making character-focused stuff now, so... <laughs> I mean, I guess he always was, in his own weird ways, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, this panel with Sync, too, he looks fucking good. I love this drawing, it's so cool. I, I, again, just... Fantastic the, the, the design yeah. is yeah. just so fun. Like it's in way more unique than I think we've ever seen him. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope I see I see uh, Jonas uh, more. Uh, not only because he has a German name, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's really made this book from like you know, he he makes Maddie's outfit not look terrible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he he takes it from being just like like your typical like fan service comic thing to looking like actual like a a gothic yeah. painting. <laughs> yeah, the colors as well. I don't remember the colorist's name, but uh, it's a great fit too. Yeah, the like shading really fits the tone Matt in Miller. a very stark way. Oh, wait, no, Frank Martin. Matt Miller was out of flight. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oof. I mean, the colors were good on that. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the art's the best part of Alpha Flight. X-Men. Uh, this is X-Men 29 by Duggan. Uh, art by Joshua Casar, colored by Marty Garcia. The X-Men fight Doom's mutants and we get backstories of Doom helping them all. After the fight they have dinner and the mutants seem willing to help in some way later on. When the X-Men return to the Morlock tunnels, they find them ransacked. And Sink and Talon are missing. I actually kind of really like this one. Yeah, I thought it was a good issue. It's good. <laughs> I think this was... It was fine. For me, it was fine. I didn't love it. Uh, it's... It feels a bit inconsequential. Like, it felt like... Oh, yeah. It felt like a detour. Like, I was like, why do I care about... Why should I care about these guys? But... I think, to me, this issue kind of illustrates, like... Why I liked Duggan more when he was writing shit like Cable or... Um, Marauders is that I think he's better at writing you know just more like lighthearted you know just stuff that is like not the main book right like because this is a fun issue with Doom but as like a you know as like an issue of the main series it feels lacking or it feels inconsequential like I I I could I can totally see why he was a successful like Deadpool writer, right? Yeah, I mean this is this is the kind of issue that is going to feel a lot better in retrospect when you're able when the Doom the Doom X-Men show up in the final battle. You'll be like, "Yeah, I know those guys." <laughs> you're going to feel incredible in those in that moment, trust me. This this will read better as part of a more of a thing. Yeah, it's the tough part about, like, introducing a new concept like this in the middle of this, because, like, Doom X-Men is, or a Doom team of mutants is not a bad idea at all. Oh, yeah, rules. <laughs> I would have loved to have gotten this as, like, a series, like, in earlier, right? Like, just a Doom's X-Men series. That's fun. That's a fun concept. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess my hope is that these characters are recurring across the next X-Men shit, but they're being introduced so late into, like, Duggan's time in X Men, and we know. I guess. I guess Doom is too precious. Of over a, soon. Doom is too precious a character to like have like his own like Doom's X Men book, <laughs> like yeah, where that's the main thing he does, or where he's like a main character. Doom is the one character where at least you can't have any complaints about why is he doing this when he sh- he should be doing something else in a different book because it's all Doom bots. You just anytime, it's just a Doom bot. Don't worry about it. Um, but sorry, Holly, what are you going to say? Um, uh, something similar, really. Like, I think you put it better. But yeah, it's Mar- Marvel's cultivated its excuses for Doom doing things or acting differently very well over the years. Um, but yeah, I, I like really strong concepts. Like, even if I thought the issue overall was fine, like the Doom's X Men stuff is is strong enough on a concept that I was excited to read it, and I'm excited to see them turn up again. They look cool as hell. They, <laughs> like yeah, wearing the, the Doom all capes. the art in this issue rules, too. And the D belt buckles are so funny. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the, the little time-lapse three panels of them uh, go, like, week one, and they're all in their, like, uh, Latvian like peasant clothes, and month one when they're in their their like doom outfits with the big D buckles and green hoods. Yeah, like level one, one, level three, and level ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, I, I really like. Uh, sorry. No, far uh, I just I really like in that specifically that there's like they're becoming more individual as it goes on as well. Like D. You know, the the whole thing of, like, Doom actually does what's, like, good stuff for Latervia, and, like, or, like, there's the weird um, tension of, like, he's the dictator, but also he's, like, so determined to be the best at everything that he's, like, actually a good ruler who does good, like, you know, Latervia has the best healthcare in the world or some bullshit <laughs> because, like, Doom wouldn't stand for it to be anything less than that. And it's He's the same sort of, like... king who's, like, really shitty as a king 90% of the time, but not all the time. <laughs> yeah, and that there's, like... That he came and helped these people, mostly. And... Yes. He did it for his own selfish reasons, but he still did help them, and he is still... They say they're free, and I sort of believe that, and he, like, one of the ways that's shown is them being more individual and, like, developing their costumes differently and, like, their looks over that time-lapse thing, um, which I think is cool. And that, because if if you treat people well, they will be loyal to you, not just from fear, but also because they want to be loyal to you. I have two complaints about this issue. Um, when Doom and Charles end their conversation over their mind link, and Magneto says, block him and move on, that felt meme in a way that didn't hit for me. Yeah, it was um, a bit. It was awkward. Yeah. that's. I mean, it's such a Dugganism, though. And at the very end, when Sink and Talon have been kidnapped 
that's just a bummer because they've been on the back burner and now they're <laughs> <laughs> yep bye like i would maybe care more if they've done a little more but also at the same time it's like you're just taking them off the table too so that they don't have to be in the story for a bit because you don't have anything to do with them probably gonna work better once there's gonna be a um fall of the house of x and the main x-men book and one of them is gonna be like all about sink and talon yeah for sure but yeah we just gotta be patient yeah this (laughs) the fall has not been the best at sink and talon because they were mostly just like sitting there in hq and like just being there when people have something like everyone else going on to do something cooler and they're just like holding down the fort which you know it makes sense that that's what they're doing it's not very thrilling <laughs> yeah and like i don't know i think they could have maybe mixed it up for them a little bit more than they did <laughs> how did you how did you like seeing uh pre pre-robotified moira at the start for two panels I was gonna say, how did everyone feel about the Doom Cerebro? Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, I it's like, like steampunk Cerebro. Cerebro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, that, that's like it's just a cute moment. Like, it's funny to just be like, have Doom show up and say, "No, I know better than you," and like leave. And he predicted it. He was like, I already knew you were going to do this shit. Count me out. Yeah. And also, yeah, I know you you need to have your boyfriend beside you to be confident <laughs> enough to be doing this. It's <laughs> a very funny line. It's just true. Yeah, I don't usually, I don't yeah. usually, I'm not, I'm not a big, like, remember this guy, like, you know, nostalgia, whatever, just point if you see characters you like, but it, it is... It it did fill me with a with a sense of wistfulness to like see the original trio uh, of the crack of the of the Hawkspox, uh do their thing at the beginning in the flashback. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's good. It's good to see. And uh, it, it's good. And I like later on Doom saying that Charles is. B- he he might become a more interesting man if he like does well <laughs> or if he figures out what's going on with uh or like if it, depending on how he comes out of this situation. Kind it's of. also kind of just uh Duggan complimenting Kieran Gillen. He's <laughs> right, he has. <laughs> it's um, also just like Doom being like, alright, maybe he'll like not be a, a loser after all this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. He's just gonna be a different kind of loser. <laughs> um I really like the 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 art is great in this. Uh again. Art's brilliant. Um, one of the standout moments that's that's non the Dooms X Men because the Dooms X Men designs are great and there's a lot of fun art of them. Uh, but one of the uh, panels of Wolverine after he gets electrified, um, sort of like showing like the bone bleeding through his hand. Uh, in one of the panels, it's just like it's it's very it's a very it's it's a very good. Very well drawn bit of like uh, uh, um, 
injury, I guess. <laughs> um, I had... Yeah, because it's been, like, super heated, so it's, like, glowing through him. Yeah. It's very sick. Yeah. The, uh, the pages with, um, uh, I think each of the flashback pages are, like, we get a slightly different color and a slightly looser style. Um, um, for each of the little flashbacks to, uh, Doom recruiting the, the mutants. We get, like, a, a different color tone over them, like it's blue for, uh, Volta, uh, and then, like, a, a sort of pale orange for Slag. Is his name Slag? Yeah, his name is Slag. His name's Slag. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> and you get a very, like, elegant, um kind of like uh almost wizard of oz green yes for, for what is her name she's cool as hell she's the coolest one of them yeah like a, a latveria poison ivy <laughs> nerium yeah uh, you'd think um nick do you know the term do you know about the term slag how it's used in the uk I know it's an insult. I don't know, yeah, like, to yeah. what de- degree, it's, I guess. Here it's it, just, like, a big hunk of rock. Or, like, yeah, something, so, like, mol- melting rock, I think. Yeah, like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, like, insult for women here in the UK, basically. Oh, okay. Um, uh, the, there was a Transformers character named Slag. They had to change his name recently to sell the toys in the UK for localization reasons. Um, it's just, it's always funny when the, the, like, the very small bit of, like, UK dialect ends up. It's making so much music make more sense in my head, now that I understand <laughs> it. Um, it's just, it's always fun to me to see it come up and be like, uh, they've fallen into, they've fallen into this, this, this trap, trap again. <laughs> the, the cunning yeah, trap it's... of... The UK having a different misogynistic term. (laughs) (laughs) British people just have so many slurs. Like it's just—it's hard to read through, to be honest. (laughs) It's like uh, slag doesn't really get used here, but it is like the word slag is just like insult, like slagging someone off, making fun of them. Um, so it even there kind of is funny, but yeah. It just sounds like kind of annoying when a an American accent says it though. Slag. It like it's it's it is kind of one of those nerd voice words. <laughs> go do go do geology loser. Yeah, get fucked geologists. Why do we rank the food here like compared to I'm trying to remember what other like big like cuz the only other one we remember is like beast eating that lobster. That was a big yeah. one. Uh, this is uh, pretty good. I it like, looks good. Yeah. I don't know why there's a plate of just like carrots with like the greens on. <laughs> Maybe that's for Nerium. She, oh, she okay. only eats like stuff that's nice and fresh or something. Yeah, it's a. They're in their like Game of Thrones TV show set in Doom's house. Yeah, what did Crafty have on the table that would be around in medieval times? Oh, carrots. (laughs) If this was George R. R. Martin, there would be like half a page just like listing the food items. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, 
it's uh, it it all looks uh, you know edible. Except the uh, turkey that it, uh, Logan's eating at the bottom of the page. That <laughs> yeah, looks like a human heart what... to me. It's, it looks it's like so it looks red. like raw flesh. That should not be turkey. Yeah, I mean maybe yeah, maybe it, they did serve him raw turkey because he needs those. Uh, like Kate is not telling him not to eat it because she's worried about the food being poisoned. She's just worried <laughs> that it's that that one's undercooked, and he's like, I literally I don't have to care about that. That's Part of my deal is I could just eat That's true. an animal in the woods. <laughs> yeah. He can just get, like, blackout drunk and his, like, regenerative abilities. But the rib back. slag is eating. Those look delicious. Yes. Yeah. X-Men! Uh, the Invincible Ant-Man 13. Uh, written by Jerry Duggan. Uh, artist Juan Frigeri. I actually don't know if that's how you pronounce their name. Uh, and colorist Brian Valenza. Tony and Emma, with the help of their ally Star Fox, retrieve the Mysterium stashed at Game World. Meanwhile, Riri Williams steals a shuttle from Orcus and bumps into Forge in space, before being confronted by a space dragon. Emma is a sapiosexual. Oh my god, Emma is a sapiosexual. <laughs> my first very minor thing is, I don't know why the scroll are like, why there's like a male scroll and a female scroll when their whole deal is they can like, shapeshift perfectly. Yeah, I had not thought about that, but yeah, that's, uh, hmm. It, 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 it's one of the things that like, really doesn't matter because like, it conveys it well enough for like, the comic, it's not a real problem in any way. Maybe it's really just, like, just oh. shorthand, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just shorthand so you know they're heterosexual scrolls and not... Yeah. It's just some shorthand, but I was just like, oh, uh, why Why are they... Why aren't they just two scrolls? <laughs> they're, they're, they're scroll ronin. They serve only coin. Instead of the Empire, or whatever's going on with the scrolls at the moment. I think they, the Kree and the Skrulls are united under... Oh, yes. Um, Hulkling. Under, Hulklings. Yeah. Hulklings gone together. Yeah. So, Star Fox kind of looks like... J- I said this in the chat. Star Fox looks like Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad... It's, yeah. it's not a good look for him. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I really do feel like... Jerry Duggan ended up writing Star Fox as, like, the creep in the issue for, like, no real reason other than to be, like... Yeah, I don't know what that was Tony Stark's looking pretty good for Emma. I don't know. So much of this, like, romantic subplot feels less and less like a romantic subplot and more and more like a a giant, elaborate, Wile E. Coyote-style orchestrated series of events that Tony Stark has put together to be able to marry <laughs> Emma. I mean, it's that, but, like, on a meta level, I guess. Like, they they had this, there was, like, the Mark Waite comic where he, I, I heard that that's where they took it from, where there were a bunch of future events, and one of them was Tony and Emma getting married, but it was, like, never actually meant as something serious. It was, like, a joke. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's, um, what's the deal with, like, 
the Ten Rings being corrupting or whatever. I know, I know nothing about like the Mandarin law. It's I. It's literally just like the the, the Ten Rings eventually might make you evil because they're yeah, very it's powerful. That's kind of like, that's it. Silver Age, Golden Age. Type okay. Writing shit. It's not deep. I think at the end of whatever series it was where Iron Heart ended up with them, it was like, oh no, someone has to take on the rings, and it's like a, you know, a, a responsibility and maybe a curse, and she did it, um, and Iron Man said, no, don't do that, but she did, and now she has them, and it's kind of like, just, yeah, power corrupts sort of thing. And they just haven't gotten to the part where it consequences happen until this issue where she summons a dragon accidentally. I a guess space I'm like, dragon. For me, if I was Iron Man, I was like, I'm worried that this person could be corrupted. I don't know how much more worried I'd be like compared to the fact that they already have like an Iron Man suit, you know? Like that's already <laughs> like quite a lot of like power to do things. And again, because of knowing very little about the Ten Rings, maybe they're like, you know, way, way more powerful than Nine Men suit, but like it it yeah. I just, I was just like, oh, what's the deal with these rings? And it's like, oh, it's uh, they're corrupting. That's that's fine. Yeah, I, I honestly don't really know more specifics. I didn't actually read that series where the thing <laughs> happened. I just I think I like um just looked on the wiki at some point or something. Yeah. Is um, Ironheart in miniseries like constant miniseries hell? It feels like she has been. She, no, she she doesn't even get miniseries. She <laughs> just oh, is no. uh, an Iron Man supporting character. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> who who occasionally gets to an, her own arc in some sort of team book for teens. Like the champions. Yeah, which uh, the the champions, every member of the champions is also either like they they no longer get their own books or they're in miniseries land. It's just like, at least like from my perspective, a lot of the A listers are kind of in a spot where they're kind of dried up husks of storytelling, and it would be nice to have (laughs) some. And like, they're not even really necessarily all the A listers anymore. They're they're just the people that like the current comic audience like consistently buys. Like we were getting at earlier, where yeah. if Miss Marvel is a B lister, no, she's fucking not. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I I'm gonna trail off at the end of this point, <laughs> but <laughs> just just leave the room because no, I forgot true. what I was yeah. complaining about midway through. <laughs> no, yeah, I just it's like they just need confidence in the fact that if they write, if they give characters with varied perspectives. And the more interesting characters to these younger audiences ongoing series with time to grow, if they trusted that conceptually, they would be able to bring in new audiences more more frequently or aggressively or whatever. But like you're also dealing with these butthurt like old school fans who just still want like the Punisher to tell them that they're a good boy. Yeah, um, who also now love Azazel, and always have. Yeah. <laughs> they always have, yeah. They've got Azazel posters in their homes. Yeah, fucking Azazel is gonna get an ongoing... <laughs> Azazel gets his own Marvel, mini- Marvel MCU miniseries. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> evil, evil concept. 
God, like a Disney, like a Disney Plus show. Yeah, that would be would be great. We're the same, we're the same, the same like actor and uh, and design as from <laughs> as in first class. Um, on Game World again, I have a very minor plot thing. Why does Emma still need to be in disguise on Game World? Because, like, Orcus is really Earth-focused at the moment in the story. I, she doesn't, because she, like, she does yeah, she's, Emma Frost's she's diamond form. I, it's very like, weird. She just wears the wig, but she still wears, like... You know, I think they're the trying white, to imply it's not a wig at this or... point anymore. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's just her okay. hair. Because, like, Emma's supposed to be, like, a natural brunette or whatever. Like, that's part of her deal. She dyes her hair blonde. And so I think they're just trying to imply that, like, at this point she's not wearing the wig anymore. I did not consider that. <laughs> I just... I, it, it, it's, I like that. It comes up on Cerebro from time to time that she's not a natural blonde. And I don't know why it's stuck in my head, but I... <laughs> Yeah, there was a bit that Karen Gillan tweeted at one point that the craziest thing we've done on Krakoa that I can't wrap my head around is Jeremy making uh, Am I a Brunette? So. <laughs> it, it feels really like that's part of the whole fantasy thing that's going on here. What fantasy are you talking about? Uh, it's like kind of an incel plot happening in the background. Actually, it's kind of the foreground of this Iron Man story. Um, like, a, a forced fake marriage is like such an incel thing. Um, not like something about incels but that is a thing that incels are interested in happening for them and those would be the type of people who would buy an iron man comic i guess i mean i'm that's not what i'm saying (laughs) i'm just saying that like jerry you gotta pull back on this one and look at the bigger perspective here because this (laughs) i'm i'm getting some it's just it is like every and Emma being the audience surrogate character a lot of the time it makes Tony feel creepier under that like reading because it's really just me getting this this annoying thought out of like theory out of my head and we can all move on with our lives but <laughs> I think like he he speaks for her like all the time we're just like making plans that she's not in on like this whole thing was just like she had no fucking clue what they were doing aside from going to game worlds yeah it's um it's i think there's something there you know uh there's literally a point where she's like locked in a sewer (laughs) inside of his suit like hiding like waiting for him to rescue her in this story and it's like she is like literal in very literal way stronger than tony stark is Yeah. yeah and like it doesn't feel like that is the Emma I want to read at the very least. Like, I'm not necessarily a person who's like, this character has to be written this way. This character has to be written that way, especially in like Marvel comics where consistency is not king. Um, but like, I, I like an Emma that's going to stand up for herself. And when like, uh, star Fox flirts with her and she doesn't want that. She's the one who says it instead of, Tony saying something to Star Fox. It's hard and to then make... her going, Don't worry, honey. It's hard to make Emma like... <laughs> a supporting character in someone else's yeah. book. Yeah. 
right? Without doing she that. She just... <laughs> Well, and that's why the best part of this book was the first few issues when she's around and it's Invincible Emma yeah. Emma Frost instead of yeah, but it's like, Iron Man for a minute. Know, <laughs> Emma Frost would not yeah. get a solo book. Like, Wolverine is always going to be the guy yeah, who gets the problem. ongoing. <laughs> even though, like, she's, but, but Iron Man will always have the ongoing book. And you got to, like, use those tools when you get them, like, as a, as a writer, like... Yeah. It's not an individual thing, it's a systemic thing. I I that... choose to read the sapiosexual line as like Emma making a joke. <laughs> I yeah. think it was supposed yeah. to be a meme <laughs> line, yeah. I it it reads as uh like an insult to Tony as well to me. Uh-huh. That she's like, Yeah, I'm I'm a sapiosexual and I'm not in like and we're <laughs> doing fair. a fake marriage. I might have gotten um, on my high horse a little too early into reading this issue and then my brain was like, But what? <laughs> I'm gonna read it this way now, yeah. Yeah. I think it's not a great line. No, <laughs> no it is. It reads dumb. No, but... and uh, Duggan does this like type of like meme dialogue every once in a while. It's just He's just, he's 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 getting Ryan Johnson disease. <laughs> of like when you've been like I don't know. Just... I actually think that's really funny about Ryan Johnson that he's like deeply online pilled in a <laughs> yeah. way that's like parallels our own in interesting ways, but is so different at the same time. Yeah, because he's also way like, too Like, I really like to... that aspect of Glass Onion. It was so... It's it's just fascinating <laughs> to me. <laughs> it's just, it, it is crazy to see a guy making, like, a good Star Wars movie, and then... But at the cost of his brain being forever broken <laughs> by the reaction to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, this issue, I think, the di- there's a, there's a few lines of dialogue that don't that that just don't work in the way that the Duggan dialogue usually does. Like, it's it's usually as you as Yano said, like it's it's a bit Ryan Johnson brained, where it's like it's usually very good, um, but occasionally just leans quite. Uh, pretty online in uh, unnecessary or distracting ways. Um, but this one also has like the the one that like sort of repeats itself in my mind a bit is uh, when Emma starts turning diamond. She says, "I'm starting to worry about catching a stray, so I think I will get hard." And uh, <laughs> it just feels I don't know a, a sentence too long. Or, or just yeah. anything. It's like, and then Tony replies, uh, "Then just look fabulous, and then and I'll do the stunning." And then she says, "The gloves are off, darling." And it's like this feels; these don't feel like connected sentences. It's a bit too much, yeah. I mean, there was a similar issue I had with the previous issue. Where I don't remember what the exact line was where it was like when the gorilla showed up and they just like way yeah. overwrought the dialogue there i think like but this the, is the tony the and emma thing is Usually... maybe been going on for too long yeah sorry holly <laughs> that's that's all right um it's usually like this is only really noticeable because duggan's dialogue is usually one of the like strongest parts of the issues that he yeah. writes so it's 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 always noticeable to me when when something like clunks a bit because that's usually the bit that reads the smoothest. 
I mean, I guess that's also why I'm comfortable being a little like casually crass about it or mean. It's because like I've got a shelf full of Duggan's shit now. Like I like his writing. It's not like it's not a secret. Like if I complain about one page versus the whole forest yeah, of, yeah. of yeah. No, I think I think if Duggan was writing one or maybe two series, like his stuff would be like one of the most enjoyable but he's just stretching himself too thin like yeah he's writing a lot right now yeah that's true and he keeps writing too much in the issues that he's writing because <laughs> the yeah. narration is still yeah. god awful that's yeah I mean, I mean that's kind of a first draft problem though like, is, i enjoy this I, issue a lot like, despite everything just because it's like very pretty to look at um, and I actually enjoyed the like rom com moment at the end. Oh, when they're skating, when it's they're drawn skating. really cute. It is, yeah. yeah. And I, I the Forge and Iron Heart stuff is is really great. I really liked all of that oh, too. Yeah, I like I mean... that Forge just gets to show up. That's such a Forge thing to do. Like, I'm sure there's gonna be a Marvel Unlimited series that like goes into what he was up to, but. <laughs> yeah. Like him just him just being there is like and him being like, I don't know. I'm here. Here's the fucking Captain Jack Sparrow compass that tells him to go where he needs to be. <laughs> yeah. Like he literally says that. It's like Alright, that's that's some good like dumb technology, like, you know he he creates stuff. Um even if he doesn't fully understand it. Yeah. Like it it it's great that his power is so funny and also has the narrative ability to be such a terrifying thing simultaneously because like the way he's introduced is as the guy who built the gun that takes away your mutant powers you know so like like that's a huge threat in this world but now he's just like your goofy uncle that turns your your friend into a suit he's a bro it, it was also like the perfect time for him to show up because it was a real like Oh yeah, I forgot he hadn't been yeah. around for a while. Oh, nice. I've been thinking like, about it. I'm always thinking about Forge, obviously. <laughs> Ironheart's reaction to to learning that Forge dated Storm is similar to what my reaction would be. I would also, yeah. like, every time I remember that they, like, canonically were a couple, I'm like, oh my god, Forge dated Storm? I love Storm. Their relationship, <laughs> as Chris Claremont introduces it, is such a weird and interesting story that I don't know, like, I could not even fully wrap my head around, I think. They literally spend a year together in another dimension that uh, a forge is created with magic, um, and they either have the choice to destroy all of our world and become the, the m mother nature and, like, father of this world... Or just go back to ours and help their friends. Hell yeah. Wild. I also like, uh, like, on that, like, oh my god, you dated Storm bit, is I, th I, th I think that's, I think it's a good character moment. Like, this is, uh, this is a, a great way to use, like, a young character like Riri as, like, being, you know, a fan of the older generation. Like, I, th I think that's great. Like, I, uh, 
on the previous issue, I had just like no idea who she was, like why we're supposed to care about her, right? Um, but yeah, that's. But she likes Storm, and you like Storm. Exactly. So now. <laughs> um, um, uh, oh, and then a space dragon turns up. That's the uh, that's the that's the last bit. Of the... Uh, the cover for the next one looks fucking great. Like this. Uh, Forge being drawn in this art is really nice. Like it's really good. Oh yeah, the like hyper shading and these in the like almost in vein patterns all over his body. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. I always forget to look up who makes the covers for for this one, but uh, the it's uh, Kale Kale New or um. NGU. I okay, don't yeah, I'm looking at it now. Exactly. Well, they, they're always really good. Like, the Iron Man covers are great. X-Men! X-Men Blue Origins, uh, written by Cy Spurrier, art by Wilton Santos, Oren Jr., and Marcus Toe, colors by C.C. De La Cruz. Nightcrawler confronts Mystique, and with the power of the Hope Sword, is able to restore her memories. The story we previously had is that Mystique seduced Christian Wagner and then had an affair and a child with the demon lord Azazel. The true story that is now revealed is that these were both plots together, power and money, and actually Nightcrawler is the child of Mystique and Destiny. Mystique accidentally reveals herself when Kurt is born and is forced to flee, losing track of both him and Destiny. Later on, she finds Destiny with a young rogue and they both go to Professor X and have him alter their memories. Good news, this is the last Ahsoka maze I have to solve. <laughs> because they've, they've moved on to Ahsoka crossword puzzles, and we all know I can't read. Do you get so like a special reward for solving all of them? No, it's just a compulsion that I have to, <laughs> before I can turn the page, I have to figure out all of how to get through the little lines. Is it, is it a maze to, to get to wherever the fuck Thrawn is in the series? You have to follow the space wells. I watched the Ahsoka series. It wasn't very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I have no clue <laughs> what you're shocked. talking about. Yeah. So it's just a Lego Ahsoka ad. <laughs> As, uh, the thing is, like, I watched Andor when it came out, and it made me Andor's care about great. Star Wars again. <laughs> and so then I watched a bunch of other Star Wars series, and now I don't care about Star Wars again. <laughs> the most evil thing they could do is like to release one good series. <laughs> That's really the problem with like all of these multi or shared world mm. things is is that it comes down to that if there's good stuff and then there's just the stuff you endure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Um, this, I, I, this is the good stuff. This is X-Men the good Blue stuff. Origins, yes, the good stuff. I can I can provide a little bit of detail because I listened to that episode. It was the on the off panel podcast. Oh yeah, I've been uh, listening to that. Yeah, go where and just basically he he says like the way this came together is um they've been like in the writer's room they've been talking about doing this like since they started record basically uh like this would be cool to do the claremont origin like the planned origin for mystique and destiny uh and you know then he took over the nightcrawler book but uh he was like sizeperio was like never really had, like, Mystique in the orbit, because she was needed for Immortal, um, 
and then like Nightcrawler was like somewhere else. So they were like, once they got to once they got to the floor, they were like, okay, finally we can like bring the two of them together in like a series. Uh, and then the original plan, or like they they were de- debating for a long time if they should just make an issue of Uncanny Spider Man, and then you know they eventually decided to do it as like this bonus thing that ties into the story but should also be understandable to people who are just curious about this new origin story or like if many years later you want to come back to it like this is why they have this uh, framing device of the BAMF being like yeah this is why they're doing this but you don't need to worry about it basically yeah it works pretty well too I think yeah I I was surprised by how well it works honestly it was obviously a cooler origin than the one that exists and like more interesting but I think they do even add more onto it to like make it interesting in ways that you didn't sort of expect um like the the whole thing of mystique being like yeah sometimes me and destiny we just would would split up for a bit and go our separate ways and we would you know do whatever whoever we wanted to um but it always had to be like (laughs) you can go fuck other people but like it has to be in a something that will benefit both of us long term (laughs) is so funny and cool but like just just they're both like so evil and i love them um and they're like oh yeah you just like show up at christian wagner's place and like oh yeah he's rich i can just take advantage of him (laughs) oh azazel shows up oh he's he's i can just take advantage of him and like it, I mean, and Destiny's kind of taking advantage of Mystique in certain ways throughout the whole thing. Like yeah. she's she yeah. gets her a consolation child at the end. Yeah, yeah. Like Destiny, like I don't know. Sometimes it's like, easy I, for me to not think of Destiny as as evil, uh-huh. but she is like one of the most evil, manipulative, manipulative people in in all of marvel in a way that's just really interesting <laughs> like um like she she loves mystique but their whole relationship is like fundamentally like fucked up <laughs> i mean she's a lot like charles in that way like they have a very similar mindset and how they go about like taking advantage of their powers in order to manipulate things for positive ends for their cause, you know? And then Destiny just also gets a terrible rap for it because she's a lesbian and, like, not the the standout character, you know? Or, like, not standout character, but, but not, like, this, like, upright academic character. So it creates a good parallel that stands out to, like, activism in our own real world, I think, where people that don't fit within the lines aren't listened to as often um like i don't know if i i ever necessarily think of destiny or mystique as evil mystique less so than destiny though but like destiny is incredibly manipulative in a way that like is wrong 
so I guess that's evil. <laughs> but it's it's going I'm, towards ends that I agree with, so it's yeah. it's 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 hard she's to very, see that, which I guess is I'm saying what you were saying three she's ways very backwards. Ends justify yeah. ends justify the means, and like any ends justify the means, which can is like she destroys her relationship with Mystique for multiple years here, and then manipulates her by giving her a child at the end. It's like... Yeah, but you know, Mystique that's, that's and... That's not healthy. Mystique and Destiny are the villains, but Charles is the good guy. But like, you know... <laughs> she, does the, she does the Charles thing. Like, or Charles does the same things as she does. He just oh, absolutely, has, like... Yeah. yeah, she was here first, Yano. She's all there. <laughs> And I mean, Mystique said, she was manipulating like, uh, Charles's dad. You know this. I don't know. Just jumping around here now. They, this is a really good bit where uh, where Nightcrawler is like, "How how did you how did you do that when you're both women?" And she's like, "Look, the only binaries are between those who are allowed to be who they wish and those who are denied that." Like that's. That's a good line. It's it's a very I think it's a very good way to write Mystique's approach to gender, um, especially as uh, a character who is both ancient and often on the side of the oppressed. Um, is that like her relation to gender and presentation like that as someone who has absolute control over her gender presentation and in fact whether she can be viewed as anyone that she likes, but often chooses, you know, her, her blue form and fights for mutants. I think that putting her view of gender through her views on how it is wielded uh, and, like, within the context of, like, power structures that she has seen change is, like, really, really good and interesting. Um, way of handling it, and also a way that broadly lines up with her kind of doing whatever she wants with it, because she is powerful in that way, which means that she does have that advantage and privilege. God, I'm so glad the smart people took <laughs> the mantle of like carrying the points across the finish line <laughs> and making them make so much more sense after I got up to shut my door. Um, Jesus. This is why our podcast works, you know, because I'll just put out some bullshit and you guys will shape it into something that actually makes sense. <laughs> you put out good stuff. They they also say that, uh, or like we also learned that she can manipulate like RNA and like genes and everything. Like she's basically not a shapeshifter, but a matter shifter or whatever. Like you can like. Yeah, her power works the same way as, like, Apocalypse does, where she has control over her body, like, entirely in every sense of the word. It's, like, mutant magic and not mutant sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or she's, like, Tarn, but just for herself, potentially, but she has never maybe gone as far as she could. That's another thing that's very cool, is just, like, because it's a thing you don't really think about. You just think, like, oh, yeah, she shapeshifts. But, like, the idea that she can beat, she can beat, like, any sensor because, or, like, that she can do match fingerprints just from, like, 
knocking into someone or seeing someone like is uh way more powerful than than you sort of usually think of her um which i think is neat and is like another way that this is you know building her up and obviously it is her that got captured in yeah. the last <laughs> spider-man issue now um uh, like no no question no question um, which is fun that's that's a fun like thing to do of have the one week where you're not sure and then the next week where you go like oh yeah for yeah. sure <laughs> um i i do think it's a bit clunky how nightcrawler reacts like the but but you're two women like yeah. <laughs> it, I, well, I've, I've seen some Catholic people be bill. a bit be a bit frustrated by that because that's just like it's not really how they would expect Nightcrawler to be in this day and age. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Um, and the bit where he's like, "Oh, you're you're playing God," is like <laughs> just it's it's like a bit a bit. Uh, conservative for like nightcrawler is religious but he's not like that sort of religious usually um, i mean i think that's an element of being religious though is that like that conservative ideology do- like not not all religions but christianity specifically catholicism within it but other conservative like protestant groups as well like it's guilt-based so it's hard to shed that reaction, but you shouldn't be saying that shit out loud. <laughs> Work through it. <laughs> like, figure out he's wrong before he opens his mouth. <laughs> and it's very, like, he needs to say it so that we can do the proper explanation yeah. on on screen, which is, like, cool as well. But it's and just, like, a bit clunky. We have to be able to explain the cum science somehow. <laughs> How did I you suppose. make the goo? <laughs> um... On a non-goo-related note, um, uh, a reread benefit here is I really like the panel where Mystique has first-handed the Hope Sword. Um, it, so, like, page... Uh, page can't see the page numbers. Where she's first-handed the Hope Sword by Nightcrawler, and there's a panel shattering behind her, which is the the panel of Professor X uh, rearranging her memories later in the issue. Um, I think that's just a neat visual detail, which uh, I didn't notice the first time around because we hadn't seen that panel yet. Yeah, because uh, you're just like, hell yeah, Misty yeah. has a sword, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I noticed it, you know, and I, I think I had like, kind of suspected that it's gonna be something like that but it's just like puts you on the track but doesn't like you know yeah give it all away it works and, and then the, the, if you see it the first time and the second as well the thing that made me actually go like oh my god like it made me like figuratively and literally like drop my jaw when uh, when uh trying to find the exact part when it's revealed that uh where it's basically that uh, the professor didn't, like, break her brain. He broke the thing he put in her brain. <laughs> like, 
Yes. <laughs> That's why she's been like that. Because I was like, oh, that, that actually, like, works really well. Like, it makes it come full circle. It explains why she was like that. Um, and it points to the idea that psychic surgery might not always be the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is really, like, people aren't talking about that enough on Twitter. <laughs> and it puts, uh, you know... It's, I mean, I said this before, right? Like I said, uh, for my hopes for this issue is that I'm going to be not that much interested in how the, what the secret origins are, uh, even though it has been done, like it is really well done and I like what it is, but like I was interested in what it's going to mean for the relationship between the characters and it, I, I think it absolutely delivered on that, like the... Uh, yeah, with the room going to grow yeah, too. Yeah. Like we still haven't seen Nightcrawler and Destiny like interact, and mm. that's going to be like that's going to be sitting there. That's you know take take advantage of. It. I that's think gonna, making that's a good story opportunity making their like adding to Mystique and Destiny's relationship another layer of fucked up, like another layer of something yeah. that like is going to be really hard for Mystique to reconcile, like something she wanted to have erased from her memory um that's gonna be an interesting payoff the whole Krakone era is kind of built on like Mystique wanting Destiny back and then the momentum of bringing Destiny back right so like Mystique ultimately realizing like Destiny and her relationship is toxic for these reasons and that maybe like I don't know if they need to break up, but there's a change that needs to happen or whatever, mm. like, um, or confrontation, a conversation, whatever. Um, I think like Destiny's changing perspective in Immortal can like lead into that as well. Uh, that's like they're 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 both going through stuff that will lead to a change when they get back together. Yeah, because her loss of her powers is definitely like change, like affecting her, yeah. how she views the world. Yeah, it's definitely going to happen because when this, uh, when the Blue Origins issue came out, Kieran Gillen tweeted uh, or like posted on Blue Sky that uh, make sure to read this because one, it's good, and two, it has important stuff for the Immortal Crew. <laughs> so. It's definitely going to matter. Like, it's definitely going to be something that will be paid off on the pages of either Last Immortal or X Men Forever. It's interesting on like a meta level that, you know, Mystique and Destiny were villains and they were sort of just like, they have become like anti villains now. They're not not even like anti-heroes. Um, they're but like the change in this to make it from like Mystique throwing Nightcrawler off a fucking waterfall or whatever. Like it was very callous before, and like um. So I think that only actually happened that. in the cartoon. I don't think that ever happened <laughs> in the comics. I've read that yeah. now. It only she, happened she, in the cartoon. She, she left them in a forest. It's not much yeah, better. It's not much better, um, but the yeeting over the cliff. <laughs> I mean, really, like, it's impressive on its own, 
that they managed to make a better origin story than you and your baby over a, a waterfall. <laughs> yeah, but like the moment of birth being like a really uh, like, you know, Mystique not wanting to like lie to her child about who she is is really, really good, like really emotional um, and like yeah, that she went out to the forest and said, I'll be back in two minutes, and then that all got fucked yeah, up. Yeah, never and comes back. Is like, it really changes that whole, the whole like tone of Destiny's interaction, or Mystique's interaction with Nightcrawler, and like, does such a good job of setting them up to have a better relationship going forward. If they, and, but there's also Mystique sort of saying, like we we can't change the relationship we've had, and like we're we're never gonna be a happy family. But like we have the truth, and we can move forward with a like change perspective on each other, and like have see where we can go from here. Sort of, yeah. Um, I think it's really great. Um, with how Mystique and Destiny have been made different over the course of the last few years and you know since they've been allowed to be correct <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I, I think that's the thing is like the the editorial worldview or whatever like or just the different times and how we understand things differently ended up pushing uh the characters of mystique and destiny and how they were written in that uh in the claremont era to make similar types of decision where they are trying to support themselves as much as they can, like in a world that hates and fears them. But they end up doing a lot more conservative things that don't make sense for the larger group in order to help any sort of larger group. Um, and it does kind of like also contribute to X-Men as a story that's been going on for at least back until that era of, and like shape it in the same direction because um you finally get mystique and destiny getting the opportunity to use um their abilities in a positive way that actually aligns with what their viewpoint would make sense to more be in the real world rather than just becoming like cops for the government or spending a year as ronald reagan <laughs> um but it's 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 really dope that like the bones for the story have been there for such a long time and they're finally able to use it and they're using it in a way that like you said kiwi like really makes these characters shine and like makes them into these like some of the most compelling like villains we have out there if not like if they haven't just finished their full face turn yet or at least mystique i think is moving towards a full face turn and destiny maybe as well yeah yeah because I think they are supposed to be the good guys in these books. Uh, like, I mean, Destiny, yeah, I mean, yeah. in... in, in uh, I mean, Immortal. as much as there are clear good guys and bad guys, you know, because there is yeah. so much more gray in the X books than anywhere else in Marvel. <laughs> mm. I, I think that's a big part of the, like, immortal and, like, rewriting of Destiny is, like, everything has been for this greater goal and, like, every previous thing you see had to happen to lead up to where we are now and the positive things that they're trying to make happen now. It's like 
they're they're much longer term than they seemed before. Well, and I um, think you know we talk we're talking about the ultimate universe at the beginning of the episode, right? And like creating a new continuity. The idea behind that is to create a new continuity to streamline things, right? But this writing, kind of like bringing the vision of what has been happening over the years and trying to like line it up and make sense that has been happening not just in this storyline but in several storylines throughout the Krakoan area, I think is a much better a much better way to go about doing that and makes the story more accessible in in some ways because the new people are part of the conversation of what's already happened. So there's an interest in what's already happened. And the old people aren't having to retread the same story over and over again. Um, it's like a better way to welcome people is to to both be progressing and having a conversation about what's what's already happened. You know, you're you're making room at the table for everybody in a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, they better, you know, they better hire someone. You know, Brevort, uh, I'm sure is calling up a lot of people now and it's I, ju- I just hope that like past Krakoa it's gonna keep mattering like that it's not just a yeah I really hope so just a like hitting a Moira button and then we're all back to where it was before <laughs> well I think you can in a lot of these series uh, very much feel like the toys as they are like being put back in the, the, sh- the shelves mm-hmm. so that like the new writers can come in and take them off and like run through their scenarios um in their basements on their own uh (laughs) but uh like at the same time like the best writers are the ones that are gonna keep running with the football and like keep the momentum of what's going on going so and like i don't need that's what i want uh, that's what we're hoping for don't need mystique to be like a full-on good guy and be on the x-men yeah no she can be a bad guy uh, at some point i I mean i it's gonna be my recommendation, but like just because I've been reading Poison Ivy, like uh, they do great things with like her and Harley Quinn both at DC currently, where like they're still like you know doing things that are illegal. Yeah, <laughs> like they're not like you know Superman types, but you know they're still like the protagonists of their stories, and you root for them. It's just. They have methods that aren't the ones from the like poster good guys. The, the classic yeah. playbook, the the Boy Scout handbook. Yeah, I think it's good though that like those types of uh, characters who are willing to maybe take a step outside of our like laws and frameworks that we're we're posi- positioned into to like make change in their world. I think that type of story is something that that should be should be happening and i think i like to read it i don't know and i like those characters are way more interesting to me than um a superman is at the end of the day i don't know i've learned to find a lot of interesting things in in superman in clark kent but like these types of characters have always been the ones that draw me in more so than the boy scouts yeah X-Men Red 18, written by Al Ewing, art by Hildere Sinar, colors by Frederico Blee, uh, Genesis and Storm clash directly to decide the fate of Araka. 
the raised island of Kerouac and Erico Prime fight each other, and the armies also go to war. Xylo and Orisarada combine to create a new being who understands the history of Araco, but Fisher King dies in the process. When Xylo leaves his system, John Ironfire defeats Blue but spares him, trusting that Storm will succeed. Storm attacks the Annihilation Staff when it tries to entice her, and Lactuka declares that she has won the challenge for the future of Araco. Araco has a chance to heal and recover with a new philosophy of thriving, not just surviving. At its core, Genesis is exiled to Phobos, where she easily defeats the Orcus garrison and plans her future. Um, this issue slaps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is so fucking good. It it is just like, oh yeah, this is just easily my favorite Marvel comic ever. <laughs> like this whole run, um, and it's a very very good conclusion to that run. It's really up there. I just want to say, like, before we, like, talk more about it, because I have Al Ewing's newsletter pulled up here, uh, and what he says about it is, um, so we come to what's very nearly the end of my allotted X time, and my last days on Areco, the planet I shepherded almost from birth, and put one hell of a lot of work into over the past couple of years. I leave it in a good place as I found it, and I'm confident that it's got a future beyond the end of this story, both as part of the fall of X and beyond. Uh, the planet that used to be Mars has a lot of story potential yet. So, yeah, that I, they would be crazy not to do something with Echo after this. Yeah, it's yeah. it's such a rich, like, well, you've got to keep it up for years, IMO. <laughs> he, he so clearly lays out all of the pieces that are still there to play with, like... Iska, Sobinar in the depths, um, like the demons that exist there now, and like, um, whatever the 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 vile, whatever. Like, it, it's just one panel of like Storm talking about the things that are still like up in the air about this planet and it's, it just feels like I hear all the things you can do whoever comes along next here's here's all the things you have to deal with um, and also Genesis but I feel like Genesis is probably more involved with Fall of X or something going on there um, but it, it does feel like such a good finishing a story and leaving so much more room for other people to tell stories uh, which is just a thing that Al Ewing is really good at, and I think I really appreciate because it's something that matters so much in this big shared universe. Um, that's really great to see. Yep. Um, but there's a whole lot of shit that happens before that that's also yeah. really cool. Yeah, what was that like? The two big island monsters punch each other. That rules. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Kiwi said about yeah. the like online complaints that you read somewhere where uh, wouldn't it suck if it was just like a big kaiju battle to wrap up this <laughs> series? Like, what are you talking about? This is great. Al, Al Ewing wrote that on his alt account to stir up drama <laughs> and excitement. <laughs> yeah, it's really good it's like um and also the fucking ending with a hug is like so 
goofy, but I love it. Yeah, they're friends. They're, uh, they're, they're family. Uh, uh, in part, this big island kaiju battle is something I think that uh, Al Yun is good at, which is sort of literalizing the themes of the story into the comic book. Uh, this is an even bigger theme of, like, the Defender series or the Immortal Thor series. This is a fight for the, the like, future of Arako, and it will be decided by literally the the old continent of Arako and the new continent punching each other. <laughs> it can run a fine line b- between being, like, far too literal, um, but most of the, like, all... Ali Wing is good at this and and fits it in very well. Like it feels like it feels like it adds to the two big islands punching each other much more than it takes away from the theme of uh, like what what way life should continue in this uh, fictional world. I also really like Storm doing a little bit of like shonen protagonist stuff. Uh, uh, oh yeah, way. it's very anime. The fight between her and Genesis—it's—it's it's really good, and I think like definitely early in us talking about this podcast, we discussed how like one of the often disappointing things about Western comics is how it just underexplores a lot of what you can do with powers, and it's really nice to see like this kind of thing like at the very like very much at the point when you want to see it like it's too like. Omega mutants fighting against each other, and we get to see Storm use different pieces of the storm in order to overcome, like, being choked by vines. And I really like that. Yeah, it's really sick. I I love that when Storm first arrives beside Genesis, uh, her insult is Queen of Commoners, (laughs) which is like, absolutely, (laughs) that is Storm, and that's like, she... She would embrace that, and that like Genesis thinks this is an insult is very like works great for both of their characters. Kind of just a small thing, but I, I really like that. Yeah, I love the climactic like double data page. Like it's you know not not really a data. Oh page, yeah, just like With two pages of like the staff talking the in Storm's head. Uh, the layout is really cool. <laughs> On this yeah. page. Yeah. And the the way that Storm is like able to deny this this um temptation, this this idea of like so many people have failed before, but she is she she doesn't want to, you know, enforce her will on everyone else. She wants freedom and people to have a chance to thrive um it almost looks like they photocopied this mask and then put it like scanned yeah. and put it back in like it's it is a very photocopy like effect on it um and the way its perspective is pushed it like makes it look even more like i intimidating like it's a real mask almost yeah yeah it's it's really sick um and the like bringing back Miss, 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 mm. that, like, the Annihilation staff has been constantly doing. Just, that's, that's you good shit. You've that trick too many times. Uh, I mean, Storm <laughs> never misses. 
<laughs> Even when she does, she doesn't. Yeah. Like she she misses the staff, hits the the sword. Remember in the last issue when John Iron Fire started like counting down started like counting. 99, 98, 97. Oh, I'm so glad that what we predicted that was you, Yana, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> what what did I predict exactly? A, a full issue. It was either you or oh, Kiwi. Yeah. A full issue of him counting down. <laughs> well, we, we, that's what that's what Kieran Gillen would have done. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the twenty issue version there's, of. There's one issue. Would have been of, sick. Uh, I would read it. I would eat that. There's an issue of Rictus that is day. basically that. Yeah, that's so fair. That's so fair. Uh, Bob on the side. Uh, the one where there's like a bunch of black panels and it just shows uh, which yeah, year yeah. it is near near the end of the run when a spoiler I remember, character yeah. is yeah. dead that's <laughs> yeah pretty good but um, yeah he's, he did count down to one just off panel well the one the one that's left is the one he kisses yeah they should have kissed <laughs> <laughs> they will later I mean, this is one of the one of the things you you know you need to one of the things that will make your team book great in the final issue if you manage to get like everyone an epic moment <laughs> and even John Ironfire who got introduced like yeah. th- like officially introduced like three or four issues ago <laughs> yeah but he feels like because of sins yeah. of sinister he feels like such an like integral part of the whole thing. Yeah, but we get like Iron Fire gets that moment, uh Sunspot gets to blind or so oh, the yes. Sunspot Cora like uh team up there. <laughs> I love the panel. I, I didn't notice on the first look that uh like yeah. Cora is powering him up. I love the panel um, where uh where he's like never staring to the sun and then it's like ah oh, I'm blind. <laughs> Morris <laughs> so is so fucking stupid. <laughs> it's yeah, I I love that one because it's 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 one page. It sets up a great little sunspot and Cora moment with Orisarata, and it's really cool. <laughs> Imagine going to the X-Men and it turns out like Xavier's school as your mutant power kicks in and you turn into an, a slug that sits on top of its own eyeball. But you can't erase people from existence, so there, there's Only something. if they break what you deem is the law. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my pitch of, uh, of what the Brevort X-Men should be is uh, or Aserata takes over as the leader of the school. Who blasts the big wolf? Is it Aura Serata? Well, it's Xylora. The Xylora combined. <laughs> yeah. Also, just a, a little, little bit of dialogue that I really like is the white sword talking about how cool his sword is and how it's the act of cutting that can cut through everything uh, and John Ironfire holding it by its sides and saying the edge cuts the rest you can hold um, it's just it's just neat it's it's another like very uh, very kind of 
it feels sort of um anime fight inspired thing it's it's got like a there's a very clear setup of a thing i really like about this issue and all of x-men red is that it's it sets up all its like all its rules and stakes very clearly and then has the characters work around them or with them in interesting or unexpected ways that always feel creative and interesting um or at least meaningful to some extent uh and i think that's a that's a very cool moment um with it and then he slices him in half uh, and, gets, <laughs> and gets really, really edgy and heavily shaded uh, and threatens to kill him forever. Dun dun dun. Uh, and he chooses not to. It's the most like... romantic thing you can do on Arako. <laughs> <laughs> I also really like Fisher yeah. King's. Like rip to a yeah, real Let's give it up to Fisher King, everyone. What a great. Uh, you know, character that was introduced in like X Men Red issue the number series, one. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. X Men Red issue and one just became and such a big like part of the whole Erico mythos. Like, what a great character! I love the character. panel yeah, so of cool. like his kids being like, you know, someone has to carry on his legacy. Like, that's that's a good like. You know, that's a good, like, tease for, like, characters to play with, for, like, future writers. Yeah. Oh, love, love his his line of history is my weapon or a serata, and none of us survive it. Yeah. And, ah, uh, it just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's so good, that, or it's, like, the thing with Orisarata is that it, he is, like, the law but law by itself is not in any way moral or correct. And what he is being forced to confront here is the history of how the law has been corrupted and used to oppress and like the history of the, the people who were below history to Arako, who who weren't worthy of being in the, the records and stuff, mm. but Fisher King knows all that stuff. Um, that's like, why is Ilo combined with them originally, it seemed, was because Fisher King knows stuff that like, wouldn't be in the official official records and here it is being made a part of like the law and the history going forward. Um and hopefully forming something that's more more just more um more more able to help people than just like law for law's sake um which is and it's you know it's growth but it's growth towards uh, something new and better instead of growth towards the destruction of other which is kind of like annihilation's thing being i am also growth I'm just like, it's just, it's growth that it chooses and growth over other things. Whereas, like, the new Arako is personal growth and um, growing together as a community. Um, 
there's a really interesting thing in the um, Genesis fight where she says, like, you, you call yourself an Omega, but you d you're not actually limitless because you don't have the mindset. Aha, uh -huh, the Omega to, mindset. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, whole new thing. Yeah. Or, uh, Omega but, mind. But the idea that, like, on, on Arako, or, like, her Genesis's idea of what an Omega level mutant is, is like both limitless power and also limitless capability to use that power to do whatever you deem correct. Yeah. It's not just like um li limitless power that that you are uh, use in any restrained way. So what would what would Genesis think of Iceman? I mean like that Iceman <laughs> and Magneto and Storm are all exemplifying like they're omegas because their creativity of how they use their power is limited is unlimited essentially you know like they also have incredible amounts of power compared to some other people that have similar powers or whatever but like that is a thing they've hit on a bunch of times throughout the comics over the years it's just as much about like them being able to be flexible and see the world in a variety of different ways. Well, I think oh my guys, just about like that. that one list from the early comics that Hickman made. <laughs> the definitive, <laughs> definitive Omega list. I have it nailed on my wall next to the art of uh, Talon's butt. <laughs> um. Wait, not Talon, Fang. I, well, I, I'm both. mixing up my Wolverines. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's hard to keep track of yeah. all of them. I I wish there were more. Let's let's get that. <laughs> we'll get that's there. my. We'll get there. Well, there's 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 one less after this issue because like like Aeon, the, yeah. the two headed Wolfman was kind of a Wolverine, right. and he's 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 gone now. If you widen your definition of Wolverine just a little bit, there are so many more <laughs> Wolverines than there was, like, just before. Any with one with, like, a little bit of an attitude and a little bit of, like, a wolf or rodent or that type of range of power, that's a Wolverine. Yeah, this isn't a place for people with narrow definitions of what a Wolverine is. <laughs> well, it's like uh, that in... Um, in the Sabretooth series, when he says, um, I, I'm going to kill any dog who ever had th the bad idea to bark, I think was the line. Um, a good line. and then you see a bunch of the like dog themed Wolverine themed characters. Those are all the Wolverines. Mm. <laughs> Anyone Sabretooth wants to kill. That's a Wolverine. <laughs> well, I wish there were uh... not, a, not a bad definition. Yeah. I wish there were a whole verse of them and they were also Omega powered. <laughs> um, Genesis and Storm, Apocalypse and Storm hang out and like star over a large body of water. Yeah. And, and Storm says, hey, uh, this thing that's going to happen in Resurrection and Magneto is going to happen soon. I assume that's what the bloody <laughs> dawn is. <laughs> The blood dawn. Yeah. Um I like that like you know um 
Apocalypse is happy with what's happened here. He's he's you know this this change of Arako from something where you just survive to something where you thrive, and also that he's like still not not ready to leave yet, mm. and he still is like um you know. I'll, I'll leave the mended land, but it's the mended land instead of the broken land now, which is pretty great. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. And then Storm shows up to be like, okay, Iska, <laughs> uh, Spire Vile, Sobanar, Orc, um, and Genesis on Phobos. Here's five things the next author can deal with <laughs> if they want to. Um, and don't worry, when you turn the page, Genesis also has a Nightcrawler in it too. Yeah. yeah, it's just nice to have. Yeah, I I love that last page. Uh, it's so good. It's, yeah. it's really it's good. And it's like the Brotherhood does the 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 big sting from the end of uh, the first issue mm-hmm. of Storm coming in and then bringing it back for the end of the last issue is so like I cute. About yeah. that. <laughs> like. It's, um... Oh, I was so happy to see that. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah, this one's for obsessive, um, like, X-Men Red rereaders. Which is, yeah. is me. I've read that first issue, like, 40 times. I'll, <laughs> what's, what's I look forward to... Line? Once this That's all has like settled down to... Oh, sorry, what were you saying? Is that George Lucas talking about like echoing oh, yeah. things from it like, is like the, the sequel? Oh, the rhyming thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Well, it's not really like poetry because it's the same thing. Like it's not a rhyme. Just the same. <laughs> yeah, it's more just like we as people. Like, sorry, George. I like your your poetic language, but it's like we as people like recognize patterns. And yeah. so if you can weave patterns into your storytelling, it makes us go, oh, look, a guy. I love patterns. I mean, here it's not even, it's just like, there are yeah. certain phrases that yeah. are... Well, that's key, like the deeper level of it. That's yeah. like when you're actually taking advantage of like, like what you've written more thoroughly. Like that's part of why Al Ewing is like such a good writer is because he doesn't just do the, oh, look, a guys. He does a you vaguely remember these words being said, and you feel that tingle on your brain instead, you know? Well, uh, did, did, did we all notice that Genesis is, like, half of her face is burnt of off yeah. from the lightning? Of course I noticed Which that. I, I didn't, like, see that on the first uh, look. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh shit. <laughs> That's sick. Um, and yeah, that they just, like, easily defeated all of the orcas up here because obviously they would and that's just like uh once again orcas have like created a problem for themselves by they, like they are the reason genesis came back to Araco, and now genesis is like fuck these guys i'm gonna i'm gonna cause some problems for them for a bit mm-hmm. also like that apocalypse is at the place now where like i could become the bad guy again if i wanted to like, oh, it's very similar to to um, Mystique and Destiny, yeah. like where he's it, where he's at, what he's been through through all this. It works super well. Yeah, I mean, for it's like he's not he's not good or bad in a way. Like he's yeah. just 
he is a character with a recognizable like personality and elements of a recognizable ideology. He's a force and of I think nature. That's what makes like a good, you know, comic character is yeah. Is like a, is like a, is like if you go outside and there's a storm, like is that good or evil? I don't know. Friends <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the table, of, uh, of course, the wind can be evil. <laughs> I don't know if any is. Mm. Um, are are we done? I'm done with X Men Red. I think so. Yeah, I think we're shedding a tear but there's gonna be a resurrection of magneto so yeah yeah i mean i don't want to say goodbye but (laughs) true true truly one of the one of the best series from 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 krakoa absolutely Uh, it's probably the best series from krakoa i think like yeah i don't think yeah it's there's others that come very close, but no, it's 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 red for me right now, at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think it's a competition. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think. <laughs> no, it is. Like... <laughs> I, I have you not opened the spreadsheet in the folder with all of the points? <laughs> <laughs> the, the the categorical point ranking we assign each. Oh yeah, yeah. Each week we. <laughs> I we've been spending like forty minutes at the end of each episode ranking them, Yanosh. Yeah, I love when we do the thing like art, five stars, four and a half stars, uh, dialogue, three point five uh, characters, gameplay, yeah, graphics, reviewers uh, tilt, sound zero, amount of sunspot lettering. We, yes. should, we should be. We should be rating the lettering in these comics. <laughs> That's why we're not. We have not made it big yet because we haven't. Yeah, people haven't caught on to our our deal because our system is purely not numerical enough. <laughs> All right, let's do. We're not like a 2006 GameSpot. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. What else have you guys been reading? Who wants to go first? Yeah, I mentioned Poison Ivy already. Uh, by G. Willow Wilson, and the art is most of the issues are done by. Let me find his name. Uh, Takara is his last name. I just forgot his first name. Now I'm annoyed. Why are the credits at the end? Marcio Takara has done. I wanted to say his name because the art is truly like. Breath tri- breathtaking in uh, in Poison Ivy, like it's it's just gorgeous. Like I don't even you know, I don't have the words for it, but it's like uh, you know sometimes there's different artists and those are also good, but like the the, the main artist is just like does so much to um, elevate it, and it's yeah it's it's you know it's about Poison Ivy. She is doing uh, echo terrorism basically uh fighting the people who do you know who harm the environment um and you know there's i I really like how it handles her like terrorism where it's like you know it's not like it's not like the mcu thing of uh 
oh, this character made so many points, but he just shot a child. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's about her. Like, she doesn't, she doesn't become less passionate about her cause, but she, like, you know, she only changes in, like, empathy for, like, like having more empathy, basically, but still, like, very determined to to her cause. It's uh, her relationship with, with Harley Quinn is also done really well. Um, it's just just really good. Check it out. It's, uh, as far as I can tell, it there's still a couple of issues left, but it's not it's never really interrupted by any events or anything. <laughs> um, I started reading it the other day. Um, I believe after you mentioned it in uh, the Discord, and issue one rocks. Uh, like I literally read the first issue, and I was like, "Oh, I, I do have to read all the rest of this." Yeah, it's it's very readable. <laughs> yeah, very readable. Excellent, excellent art. There's um, a lot of like body horror stuff. Yeah, if if you enjoyed any of the like Vine content from Genesis or the plant member of Doom's X Men, you will really enjoy the uh, <laughs> the art in Poison Ivy. <laughs> also, like uh, Poison Ivy herself, like Pam is like the main artist does a great job at like drawing her in a way where it. You know, obviously she is very hot, but also like you know has realistic body proportions and everything. Like it's not, it's not the like shitty sexualized art. Um, she looks great. <laughs> uh, my recommendation is also about lesbians, but a uh, very different tone. Uh, I've been reading the or like the last couple of volumes of the Yuri manga She Loves to Eat or She Loves to Cook, She Loves to Eat um, which is about uh, a food blogger who loves to make big meals and her next door neighbour who loves to eat big meals and they <laughs> like uh, sort of strike up a relationship and start cooking together and like feeding each other and like pooling pooling resources so they can buy expensive stuff and like uh eat together and over the course of um I think it was like four or five volumes translated to English now, they're like developing a relationship. Um and it's like a very sweet comic about um people's relationships with food and the like gendered ways that expectations about how people should have a relationship with food can be harmful and like the main character, the girl who eats a lot, it's like when she was a kid um, she was never given portions as big as her, the like male members of her family and she was always hungry and she was like it like upset by that and it is like she is her relationship with her family is terrible because that is like abusive, like to not feed someone who is hungry. Um, and like there's some neat stuff. Like there's another character introduced who like has an eating disorder and does not like to eat food. And the way that like she is treated by the group as like 
accepted and still joins them and has a nice time, even though she doesn't like enjoy eating in that way is really like sweet. Um, I think it's just like a really like it's a nice comic and also it like gets into those topics in a way that's uh, handled very well as far as I'm concerned and also the like only English comic I've or like English translation of manga I've seen that has like content warnings per chapter uh, which is nice it's just like uh, you know this this chapter features like abusive language from a family member or this chapter features discussion of uh, vomiting um, which is uh, yeah it's nice it's it's like very considerate um, and also the like relationship that's building up between the main characters is really sweet that's like a sort of found family developing between a bunch of people who um, you know don't get on as well with their actual family. Um, it's cool. It looks very cute. I looked at the images. There is one thing where uh, sometimes in the eating scenes, uh, they're they're drawn with like very detailed teeth <laughs> in a way that you don't see in like manga, and it kind of looks weird. But it's like. It's what it is. It's it, like the art is uh, very, very nice. Other otherwise, it's oh, yeah, just I a thing that's like with the teeth. <laughs> it's it's like weird because it's just not how mouths are usually yeah. drawn. It's kind of a thing. Um, it's not really. It shouldn't be weird, but it because of like the history, it is. Um, but yeah, it's nice. I don't think I said it on the last episode, but I finished reading all the Claremont stuff. I definitely said it on our chat, but I don't I think I said it on air. Might, I don't know. You might have said it. I don't think I did. Um, but yeah, so I finished all the Claremont stuff. I'll go back and listen to that section, and if I did, I'll cut it out. Um, it's good. You should read that stuff, or at least some of it. Like, there's a lot of it. <laughs> um, but other than that, I... I've just been starting to read the X-Men in the 90s now, and I really haven't had a ton of reading time, but the only thing that's, like, ongoing that I'm reading right now that I think we haven't talked about is, um, I've picked up the Titans Beast World books, which all have, like, lenticular covers, so, like... Like Jack Frost! He's a furry... He's not a furry. (laughs) He's a furry. He's not a furry. The, like, basic premise is, um, are you guys familiar with the character Starro? No. He's a giant star that, like, takes over people's brains with smaller stars. So an eviler version, a bigger, badder Starro, comes to destroy Earth. And in order to stop it, Beast Boy turns into Starro and destroys him, but in the process ends up, um, infecting a bunch of people on earth with essentially like a disease style zombieism that turns you into like some sort of animal creature um so like batman gets turned into a big wolf guy and harley quinn gets turned into a really buff giant white bunny (laughs) (laughs) and it's a lot of fun and it's like i don't know i'm not reading 
everything that DC's putting out there. I've been, like, picking things here and there, but it's nice to have an event that doesn't feel like I have to be reading other stuff to know what's going on, because I don't think I do. (laughs) Yeah, their events have been, like, from what I can tell, they're mostly, like, you can skip it if you read through, like, back issues, uh, and if you read it, you'll have, like, you're fine reading just the main issues, like, you don't need every tie-in. Like, there, they had another one, it was, like, called Night Terrors, and it was, like, every character had a tie-in issue of what their nightmares would be like, but it's, like, you know. Well, I've been, it's like, optional. reading the other Titans books, and I've been reading, like, the Amazon Attacks stuff and Birds of Prey, yeah. and all of that, like, even in the ways it's related, it doesn't feel like I'm missing out on stuff by not reading a bunch of it, and, like, it doesn't feel like I'm wasting my time by reading what I'm reading. I guess, I mean, I'm reading the X-Men shit for my podcast, for our podcast, so, like, (laughs) maybe I shouldn't be making this comparison, maybe it doesn't make sense with that context, but, uh, yeah, Titans Beast World's fun, and there's gonna be a lot of furry covers, which is funny to me, so. (laughs) Um... My recommendation, which I may have made before, but I don't remember, uh, is the IDW series Transformers More Than Meets the Eye from 2012. Um, <laughs> it's it's really good, I promise. Um, it's written by James Roberts, it's illustrated by Alex Milne. It's, uh, for, in my opinion, the best Transformers-related piece of media there is. Um, it's uh, it's very Star Trek-inspired. It's just Transformers. There's no human characters. Um, it's it's sort of like what what if there was a Star Trek that was that was Transformers? Sort of. Um, I don't know how else to pitch it. It's <laughs> well, that sounds good. You I mean, I have, have no relations to Transformers. Transformers, but... Yeah, it's, um... I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's very well written, and I think the art style that uh, Alex Milne, like, does for this um, is my favourite art style for, like, comic book Transformers, uh, which sometimes very wildly between, like, uh, what looks like drawing a toy um, and, like, uh, jarring levels of photorealism um, <laughs> to the point that like this is the only like ongoing Transformers series I've been able to to actually like fully read through and I've read through it multiple times I think it's good so that's my I heard good things my... about it like basically yeah. everyone I know who is yeah, a Transformers a fan lot, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think, think they've do... mentioned it on Prime Cuts I listened to a couple episodes. Oh yeah, I I know uh, yeah. uh, Audrey's a, is a fan of of the series for sure. Uh, have you checked out the the, cur- the current like... one? The Daniel Warren Johnson is 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 writing it now. Is is this uh, writing the, and drawing? The like, the, the like um, Energon universe thing, or I'm not sure. It's just it's called, called Transformers. Like they they had a relaunch. Because like I. But I IDW like lost the license or something, didn't oh, they? Maybe. Or like, there's some relaunch happened of some sort, didn't there? I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I f- I feel like the 
Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are two things where I keep hearing that they're like long running comic series is actually very good. Yeah, they had a, <laughs> they had a new relaunch by Daniel Warren Johnson, who I know Kiwi recommended uh, do a power bomb uh, bomb recently. So it's yeah. Uh, I was I actually was just just saved his Beta Ray Bill thing today after reading Immortal Thor because I was like, oh yeah, I've heard that's very good and his art. It's just fantastic, yeah. so. Yeah, no, I have not read this. I will check it out, though. I, I like, I've seen, like, it's been very well received. <laughs> uh, it's like three issues in or something. Yeah. All right, is that podcast? I, thi- I we think done? we're good. Okay. Yeah. This has been, this has been Hated and Feared, uh, hosted by me, Nick. Uh, Janos, say goodbye. What? Say goodbye. Oh, bye. <laughs> no, you don't say that. That's I, a forgot. New I forgot how this works. No, I'm You're trying to host. integrate you guys into the outros because I feel like it's fucking weird how long I talk during that. That's, that's happy to be part of, of, of the outro. Um. Anyways, and Kiwi. Bye. Holly. Our theme music has been Welcome to My Island by Carolyn Polachak. Do you guys want to hear what I'm going to do for the outro what music? What am I going to do for the outro music? Because I picked it already. It's called Multi Love by Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Ooh, okay, I have orchestra. And I think thematically it'll line up with the X Men Blue Origins. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I was gonna say another like, fuck you to Mark Miller. Um, you're not <laughs> yeah. welcome on our podcast. I love fucking show. Which you can do at hatedxfeared at gmail.com. Um tell your friends about us. Um Unless your friend is Mark Miller or Rob Liefeld. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh this has been Hated and Feared. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back to talk about other comics in the new year. Yeah. Uh right, we're done until then. Believe so. Alright. Unless we squeeze it in, but probably not. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably record like sometime around. So by the time you've edited it, yeah. Yeah. Resist. Resist. Like yourselves, I am a mutant. But unlike most mutants, my condition was obvious from the moment I was born. She abandoned me, but I did not die. I became Nightcrawler, the star attraction of their little circus. For their freakish world, I was perfect. But when the spotlight went out, I was still an outcast, shunned and hated. All right. Nothing fun in the Marvel Snap Shop. That's... <laughs> Oh, I need to get my free card for the season, so. Uh, I've been surprised by how good Sebastian Shaw is in the Silver Surfer decks. That's my Marvel Snap comment. <laughs> what does he do? Uh, uh, anytime he gains power, he also gains, like, two more power. So you yeah. do stuff that, like, buffs him in the deck. Oh, okay. Or in the hand. And then you can do a big last turn Silver Surfer play and get him even more powered up. Mm. Um, yeah, he's pretty cool. I haven't actually made a deck with him, 
but uh, I've just been playing Miss Marvel the ongoing like decks. Miss Marvel's really yeah. good. Very fun. I also just like anytime you can play Iron Man and Onslaught together and just instantly have like 200 power at a location, it's like nothing better than this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I get back to Snap in the and the vacations, I don't know. I mean, it's it's the season for it, you know? The Hell- Hellfire Gala. That's true. Check it out.